Welcome back to another episode of the SD Geek Podcast with myself, AJ, and alongside me always are my co-hosts, Peter, Joan, and today, as you might see from the title of this episode, we are going to be reviewing the movie Glass by M. Night Shyamalan, but of course, before we get to that, we have our news that we want to talk about for the week. John, kick us off, good sir. Uh, yes, yeah, so Ghostbusters 3 has been officially confirmed. Pretty excited about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope it's great. We'll see. I, I Though I heard the last one with the all-female cast, it got a lot of flack. I feel like that a lot of that was kind of like sexist talk. I mean, just from my, what yeah. I heard. I never watched the movie myself, but I heard that they got a lot of hate on like Twitter and stuff like that. I haven't like seen that. it either. I've heard it's fine for what it Same, is, yeah. but yeah, a lot of people disliked it. It was. I think it was a combination of people being disappointed that the original uh, uh, timeline was kind of just being pushed to the side. Sure. In addition to maybe a few bad eggs in there being pussies about there being women. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, and I think that's fair. What are your initial thoughts on this, though, John? I'm pretty excited about it because this is a, an official sequel to part two. So the the one that you guys are referring to, the all female reboot, because mm-hmm. I believe that was a reboot. Oh yeah, had nothing to do with the original cast. Correct. But it definitely is got me excited. Yeah. I love part one. I know oh, some people don't like part two, it's but a classic, it's, no, I love it. I don't think it's as good as part one. I I do enjoy it, but the first one's better, hands of down. Course. Yeah. And then yep. the, the other thing that's good about this is that um, Jason Reitman is going to be directing it. And he's the son of the original director, uh, Ivan Reitman. I mean, that doesn't mean anything, though. S- supposedly yeah. it does. He's does done he have the talent? We'll see. Yeah. I mean, he didn't direct what Toli. What has he done? He's star- done starring, um, God, why can't I think of Furiosa. What's her name? Furiosa uh, from Fury Road? I can't think of her name I don't know. Why are we terrible people right now? Because we're awful. I know who she is, and she's great. She did that like a ton Everyone of is movie. freaking freaking out Everybody's right now, yelling, yelling at us right, right now. now. Yep. God, why am I such a terrible person right now? I can't think but of her that name. lady. She plays the villain, the the secret twist ending villain in freaking uh, what's uh, what's the Will Smith uh, superhero movie? Hancock? Oh, she's in that movie. I forgot about that. Yes. You no, know, we still don't know her name. Nope. Nope. Oh my God. Don't get me. Do hit you me. know her name? No, I don't. That's why I'm so <laughs> mad that I'm disappointed that three of us don't know. God damn. Um, it's yeah, killing me inside. Me anyway, let's move on. So yeah, it is. It is exciting. I, I can't wait to see what's. Uh, Charlie Theron. Now God damn, it. how am I an idiot like that? Sorry. Wait, what's the relevance of her? Is she connected to this? No, oh, oh yeah. So she was in a she starred in a movie called Tolly by the same director, Jason Reitman. Oh, okay. Or Reitman, okay. however you pronou- prefer to pronounce good? it. However you pronounce it. Got, it got pretty good reviews. What kind yes. of genre of movie is it? Drama. Okay. A hard drama. I never saw it myself, but again, it does have critical acclaim, I if will I'm say. If I'm not mistaken, he did two movies that got a lot of buzz in film festivals. Um, and then, like, he, he's directed some stuff to... At least mediocre, and some of which have been. He did Juno up in the That's air. That's right. That was uh, up in the air with George Juno? Clooney is actually a really good movie. Mm-hmm. I could care less about Juno, but Juno's good. I mean, it was cool for its time. Up in the air is a good movie in my mind, though, for sure. Like, so it. he's no stranger to the director role, and then he's done interviews about uh, about he was actually in Ghostbusters too. He was one of the kids that was being a little shithead to like the the Ghostbusters when they were doing the party. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, he but, seems pretty excited. Yeah. The, however, the rumor rumor has it that the plot is going to surround like the old Ghostbusters, the the surviving ones anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Three out of four. R.I.P. Harold Ramis. Yep. Um, uh, the, the rumor has it is that they're going to be in a mentor role and they're actually going to be passing the baton to like a new group of Ghostbusters. Because they're old. However, 
<laughs> the new Ghostbusters are going to be tweens, apparently. Whoa. This is still a rumor, but it's going to be like 12, 13-year-olds. I, I, I don't know how I feel yeah. about that. I would have thought that they'd learn their lesson. I'm Well, I, I'm sorry. I really shouldn't put it that way. But seeing how, how easily they got hate just for having an all-female cast as the Ghostbusters, the, you would think they would really be careful about how they're going to do things. Not that anything is wrong with an all-female cast. If anything, I thought that was a really fun idea. But hearing that it just did subpar in the box office, it kind of deterred me from wanting to see it. It had nothing to do with an all-actress cast or anything like that. It just You would think that they would be really careful about how they're going to handle the legacy of these movies from now. Well, well, here's the thing. Look, look at Star Wars, for example. Sure. Like, if you make it too samey, like Force Awakens was, you'll hate it, like John. Yes, exactly. I personally, and then if you it, make it I too agree. different, I like the Last Jedi, you'll piss off another <laughs> group of of the fan base. Yeah, another another section of the fan base. So, there's it's very hard to win in these situations. So, yeah. if it turns out to be true, it, I guess at least they're trying something different. I mean, as always, if the writing's good, if the plot's good, yeah. like then then let's see it. Hopefully people will come out and see it in droves. Yeah, if it's worth it, that is. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Fair mm-hmm. point. All right. Well, m- moving on, I, I did have one or uh, a couple things I wanted to bring up, actually. One of them, uh, and again, I don't expect you guys to be very excited about it, but someone who's listening might be. Are you guys familiar with the Tales of JRPG series? For those Never. of you who don't know what JRPGs are, that's Japanese role-playing games, uh, essentially adventure games in a Japanese setting or created by Japanese developers. Never heard of Tales of Symphonia oh, I know. or anything yeah, like that. that one of course. Of, yeah. Th- that was like the one that hit critical acclaim in America anyway, but there were plenty of, um, of entries into the series before that. Anyway, earlier this past week, uh, Tales of Vesperia uh, originally only released for the Xbox 360 in America and also in PS3 in Japan. It got a definitive edition released on Xbox One, PS4, and the Switch. I bought my mine on the Switch just because why not? It's on the Switch. It's you might I as mean, well. it, unless it runs to an extreme rate way higher on the PS4 and Xbox One. I want the the um the ease of ability or of accessibility I should say on want. the yeah. switch exactly if that I want to if I want to play it on my big screen TV or my, my flat screen TV I can if I want to lay down in bed and play it I can do that too you know what I mean but anyway That's I just great, thought yeah. that that was a really cool game it's only it's forty nine ninety nine so not even a full price title so if those of you that are interested in in a new JRPG I would re- highly recommend that one very well rated for sure um anyway Peter what was your topic that you wanted to bring up. Uh, okay. You had a couple, I believe. I did. What's number one? But before we go, hold on. I wanted to say, have you played, speaking of JRPGs oh, sure. on the Switch, have you played Octopath Traveler? I think that's what it's called. I played the first demo that was released, but I did not buy the full length game. There are a lot of people like losing their shit over that one. Oh, it's it's that a I'm beautiful game. I love the fighting system. The graphics are great. The music is great. The voice acting is actually really, really good okay. for an American cast, for an English-speaking cast. Uh, they, they carry the tone yeah, very well. Well, and it's by Square Enix and everything, so oh, wow. you know that it's they. It's a good one. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it harkens back to old school JRPG status, like turn-based combat, okay. but with a nice little modern twist to it. Yeah, but it it's really like fun. Turn-based RPGs are have kind of been phasing out for the past like ten years. It seems at like. least They've I been would more say action-oriented. So. Mm-hmm. It's good to see that there's still a place for turn-based. Oh, for RPGs. sure. I was a big fan of them growing up. I really haven't played too many of them these days, but I love. I think the only RPG I like is turn-based. Oh, really? Is, are you talking about Shining, Shining Force? Force? Yeah, yeah. Shining Force for uh, what is that? Dreamcast? Sega. 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 Oh my God! It's that old back. of a game. I Shining Force that. Two. But okay. I I played it on the Dreamcast. Gotcha. All right. I, I I highly respect that. Actually, that's pretty cool. I forgot that you mentioned that you like that game. 
Game's great. Awesome. I've heard it <laughs> well, plenty of times. <laughs> for years. <laughs> We're old. <laughs> Just a little bit, for sure. All right, so you wanted to mention something about Harley Quinn, Peter? Yes. Yay. So, Harley Quinn. Let's talk this, about in her. The, in the worlds of DC, or whatever they call it now. All right. Um, there's a rumor going around that she is going to star in a trilogy of movies. Interesting. Ooh, okay. So, the first of which is kind of already in development it's uh, birds of prey mm-hmm. and then the second entry would be the gotham city sirens oh okay this interesting and then some unnamed project i guess the emancipation of whatever the fuck harley quinn that is oh i thought that was birds of prey solo project oh no i thought that was the the uh the full title for birds of prey it's like that, or that's the subtitle birds of prey and the emancipation of one harley quinn oh, oh that's yeah. right yeah you terrible title yeah so i guess it's two movies at least that God are being worked it, on just, yeah, yeah. Or the fantabulous emancipation. Let's not forget that. It's called. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) You seem so excited about it. I think it'll be a fun movie. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine. It's gonna be a movie. Yeah, it'll be a movie regardless. Definitely. John used that definition for a movie that we're gonna be talking about later. So we'll 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 see how that goes. We'll talk about it later. Anyway, but uh, but (laughs) I'm I mean, look, if it has Harley Quinn on it, and if uh, Margot Robbie is a part of it, Robbie Robbie, however you want to pronounce it, her name. I've heard Roby and I've heard Robbie. I don't know what to go with anymore. However you pronounce it, that's the right. You're, you're right. There, yeah. there you go. Fair enough. And if you feel like you're wrong, at PG Chavez. And, <laughs> and Margo, if you're listening by some happenstance, let us know how you pronounce your name, please. Let us know, please. Instagram story us or something. Be happy to <laughs> Hit know. Hit us up. Yes, please. Forgive us, though. Um, but no, I mean, honestly, I'm excited for those movies. I hope they're great. I look forward to it. I want DC to have as many wins as possible. You know, I feel like they have a long climb to go to catch up with Marvel. And I feel like Marvel is hitting a plateau a little bit. I mean, you think from what we've seen with Captain Marvel, I I want to see that movie and I look forward to it being great. But I don't judging from the trailer alone or trailers alone. I don't know if she's worthy of taking the mantle as the number one hero in the MCU from here on out. Hmm. I don't think it's going to be her. I've, my, I mean, my chips they've been are on saying Ant-Man. that. My chips are on Ant Man. Ant Man. <laughs> my chips are on Ant Man. Wait, really? In, in terms As being of the leader? Who's? Yeah. Really? What? Oh no, I think of saving. Uh, Oh no! Talking I'm talking Avengers. about like the front runner yeah. of the MCU, as in like no, I don't like, think, the, like I don't think Iron Man and Captain America's status. I think it's they're saying be, it's going to be her. I think it's going to be Ca- um, Doctor Strange. I see him being a good leader. And He's all. basically Tony Stark with magic. You're, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like 100. I think so. In every yeah, angle of the character's yeah. origin, you're not far. I off. think that's he's gonna. Yeah, and look at what the fuck Tony Stark has done to the universe. Yeah, I don't know. Great if shit. A, still love great him. Great shit. Still love him. Yeah, it's pro ter- registration. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. Hashtag pro registration. I'm for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me see his face. I want to know <laughs> yes. who he is. Hashtag Secret Avengers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. And if you disagree, let us know. SD Geek Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but yeah. Um, any initial thoughts on on those uh, Harley Quinn movies at all? Yeah. I mean, I mean, if they're good, they're good. Yeah. She's probably she's the most developed character in the in the some one sense we like anyway. the most for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless um, Joaquin Phoenix can like dazzle us as Joker, which I'm looking forward to. I'm hoping for extremely. Still different though. They're they're they did go with Aquaman, right? They did. So they did. I, I enjoyed the movie. Let's hope it we keep perfect. on getting good ones. Yeah, let's Give keep me, it up. You know, I loved Green Lantern. I want a good Green Lantern movie. It might happen. Yeah. Imagine if it had Ryan Reynolds as, the, as Green Lantern. That I mean, he cool. didn't ruin the movie. No, it wasn't his fault at all. I would never say that. But it I'm was... glad it happened because then we would never have Deadpool. You're right. Yeah. Fair call. Fair call. Maybe Detective Pikachu because <laughs> oh, I feel like it's a PG Deadpool. That's mm. I'm I, I that's too far like, off. Eh, yeah. That's got to be like my number two number 
one maybe movie I'm looking forward to in t- this year for sure. Detective Pikachu. Yeah, me too. Really? It's, it's top three. I feel like I'm going to laugh my ass off the entire time. Uh, it's good. I, I just, the the last time I saw a trailer was in theaters. Uh, my girlfriend and I were watching, I forget what movie we were in theaters for. And the moment that that movie came on for the trailer, I just completely like kind of lost my shit a little bit. Which, I realized it's coming. It's it's happening. It's happening. The trailer coming. makes me feel like a kid again. Exactly. Like, I'm just like the fuck. My, I got a little on. emotional and yeah. Sin was like, are you okay? And I was like, <laughs> I'm good, but I'm really excited. Like I've waited a Years, long time for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I always wanted a Pokemon live action movie and oh, yeah. now it's happening and it actually looks fun and good. And you know, if this one actually does pretty well. There are rumors that they're going to do Pokemon red and blue. That, yeah, that back origin story to spin off mm-hmm. another news story that John wanted to bring and, and up. Yes. And you brought it up um, when I brought it up to you before we started recording about there's an anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it called? Pokemon Origins? Pokemon Origins. Yes. Which was really well received, yeah. actually. And I loved it. Isn't that the one where Pikachu talks for a moment and people like freaked out? No, no. That's a recent movie that launched. It was like Power of Us or Power of All, something like that. Okay. It, I didn't no, know that no. happened. Pikachu talked? There was a big contra- like yeah. <laughs> There's actually footage you can find online where... Or the audience is like, what the fuck? Like Pikachu talks and they're all like, huh? Yeah. Just because he can? It ju- uh, it's like... I, I, is there magic? I think it kind of relates back to when Ash turns into like stone. It's pretty much like a scene where Ash is like beaten to sh- like the shit gets beaten out of him and pikachu and pikachu's like i'm sorry ash like i'll always love you forever but it's in it's english like, it's a full two lines something like that and, he, and, and you hear a guy in the in the audience go what the hell yeah. like people are rioting in the movie as it's happening i think they play it up like it, it was like a hallucination yeah and i imagine they don't they don't really address it at any further than that exactly like it's not part of the po- <laughs> pokemon yeah. so sun and moon like, anime hey, or anything like that did that pikachu talk <laughs> <laughs> people freaked out though it was a thing it was an issue but uh either, either either way it was interesting nonetheless but uh yeah i mean started to far to fall away from what we were talking about with harley quinn but if there's a red and blue movie like pokemon origins at least as gritty as that i'm looking Doesn't... forward to it <laughs> i'm staring off at the wall and i'm freaking peter he's out. staring <laughs> at the wall behind me like he's looking intently at why don't you look at me during <laughs> Used to be have something special. <laughs> looking at walls and shit. Anything besides me. It happens sometimes. You just get tired. Yeah, sixteen <laughs> episodes in, plus one with the bonus episode we released recently. By oh, the by way. the way, Peter, you out. <laughs> yeah, I guess apparently. That's <laughs> For those what he's really do, he's looking at the door. He's trying to get, give me a hint. Take like, the hint. The yes. <laughs> For those of you who are, are unaware, we actually released our first bonus episode that we're trying to do every now and then, whenever we can. Really, um, we, we we released a bonus episode reviewing Dragon Ball Super Broly, the movie recently, um, and. We had a great time watching that. John and I were featured yep. for that one. Uh, Peter was out of town for that. Uh, Peter, for that particular did episode. did it without though. me. Quick opinion, Peter. Give me one minute. Yeah, we Qu- haven't heard his hot take. One minute. Okay, hot one take. One minute. Hot take. You have literally instant yeah, go take. Ahead. Now, do it. Instant take. It was great. Action was the best in <laughs> Dragon Ball history. <laughs> Completely agree. Yep. Uh, I really wish the trailers didn't spoil shit. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch any. I didn't like I didn't. Frieza's motivations. Uh, Broly was a lot. Fun. Had a lot more depth. Which I loved, and I don't know what else. They confirmed that theory that Bulma's been using the Dragon Balls to be, to stay young, and I thought that was great. That is a fun little nod to fans. Okay, cool. Okay, cool, cool. 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 Yeah, yeah. I completely La- agree with a lot of that. Last yeah. question: How do you feel with the ending, where it's going to lead into Super and Broly being in Super? 
I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, they, they kind of played it. The way they played it, he might not necessarily be an enemy. He could potentially be an ally. So, but oh, well, yeah. they end. You got you got it. Can uh, it end could up go both ways? Way. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. Well, I kind of like that. Like, who who's to say where it's going to go from exactly. here? Like, you have Frieza that wants to take control of Broly, but also you have Goku trying to be his friend. Mm-hmm. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> we'll Listen see. to the pod. Yeah, yep. yeah. What's yeah. the next bonus story? episode one? Yep. Okay, yeah, next story. Oh yeah, so we did have a couple things. One thing I wanted to talk about, we we brought it up briefly, which was John uh, Wick three. That was in our episode, uh, what is it, fifteen or whatever. Uh, we talked about it re- briefly, and we watched it before recording the pod. I'm looking forward to John Wick three. Oh, I love the first two. Yeah. John and I both did, right? Yep. Um, Great. It, it, what did you have to say about? I like what you said about the second one. Actually, there's uh, if you love part one, mm-hmm. if you legitimately love it. Part two is better because there's more story. Maybe not a lot more story, but there's more story. But I think that's what I like about yeah. part two is that it doesn't overdo what you no. get from the story. Like you get to know the universe that they're a part bit, of yeah. a little bit more. But again, you don't, you still don't fully understand nope. how things work or what the hell is going on. So having not seen the second one and Watch only it. have only Watch seen it. the first one, that's what it sounds. That's that sounds like they do the same thing they do in the first one. They yeah. don't really fully explain what's going on in the universe. You just kind of get, get to know tip. it as the movie goes yeah, on. Exactly. It's a lot That's of action, how the second a little one bit goes. of story. Yeah. yeah. They let you know just as much as you need to know. A lot of brutal Keanu Reeves gun to the face, blow your head well, off. I, I love how they, yeah. they build them up. Like yeah. they start talking about how yeah. it's John Wick. Right. You pissed oh, off the shit. wrong guy. Right. We're getting out of here now. I saw this movie. I saw that movie with my girlfriend. Okay. And the entire time she's like, I don't get it. What? Why? What's the big deal that he's John Wick? And, and then like, you find out. John Wick. Yeah, he's John Wick. <laughs> make, make, make sure you're speaking to the mic. Sorry. I was speaking. I was just. <laughs> you're looking out to the side. <laughs> That's Who are you gesturing to, Peter? <laughs> I'm seeing your, your audio right now and your waveform is a little weaker. I'm going to turn you up a little he's bit. He's calling sure. you weak. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, I'm so really saying. trying to phase me out. <laughs> <laughs> Steps toward it. Any step I can take. <laughs> so you said you watched it with your girlfriend. Yep. Oh, and she wanted, and she was like, "Who's John Wick?" She was like, well, "I don't get it. Why is why is everyone freaking out? Because he's John Wick." And Did she I'm end up liking like, the movie? Oh yeah, she loved it. It was great. Yeah. I, I still need to get my girlfriend to see it because it's really good, especially the first one where you get you. It's it's crazy because even it lasted the second one as well. His motivation as to why he's even doing all this. It's kind of crazy, and yet it's so simple at the same time. I, I just, oh, I, and judging from the from the trailer of, of John Wick three, I feel like it's going to be more of the same, which I'm happy about. I, I that's all I really want from this movie. Yep. It's just more, and it's just more a little more detail into what's going on. Get to know the universe a little more. Get to know the um, uh, what, what the etiquette of the of the world yeah. really, yeah. and and the society that he's a part of. I love and then, the little revealings of the etiquette, and then you kind of find out what happens. I won't ruin the second one for you yet, Peter. Okay, <laughs> but the way it ends, they you know they expand upon that. Mm-hmm. It's so okay. great. And the third one, the, uh, whole, the trailer the, for the third one. Yeah, the whole point of the third one on. seems it's taking it, off from part two. The, yeah. Oh yeah. The what, consequences what, of what happened in part two. The consequences, okay. which are great yeah, consequences. Yeah. It's definitely worth watching. If ever you're on the fence of like, I don't know if I want to see this, just go out and see it. Just maybe, like Dragon Ball Super Broly. Maybe we can rewatch one and two in anticipation. For yeah. Broly oh, yeah. Oh, I, I would love that. Yeah. yeah. Any day. So there's something about the John Wick 3 trailer that I enjoy very much. I don't know why. Sure. But the idea of. He's riding a pony. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> What's up? We all know we love ponies. <laughs> At ST Geek, we love ponies. <laughs> Um, no, but it was actually the fact that he has like a dog companion. I don't know what it is, but I've always 
it's always spoke to me on a deep level whenever I see a, a, a person and their dog companion. Sure, it's like yeah. Mad Max, uh, Fallout three and four is it three does three does he have a dog in three i don't know i never played three but anyway just whenever <laughs> whenever um the hills have eyes that remake yeah. there's like a part towards the end where this he's it's just remake. the dude and his his dog i don't know there's something about that that it always that it has always spoken to me so i am yeah. extra excited that we get to see that that's why i loved bumblebee so much i kind of thought of it the same way to be honest with you right but Bumblebee happens. This dog happens to have laser beams and is made of metal that can crush anything around. Did it. you hear <laughs> that that movie is doing terrible in sales? It's I'm the worst so, in the franchise. Oh yeah, and I'm oh, so God. sad about that because it's the it's one that good, deserves it's, the it's, most it's, sales. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. deserves the best. And it's because all those fuck ups for five movies it ruined its Whoa. reputation, and we're probably never going to get another sequel. At least uh, not for a long time. On the flip side, I would argue that maybe some people Ugh. were upset that. Uh, Michael Bay wasn't attached yeah, anymore be, because those these, they, I guess. some people love those movies. Well, they were really successful in China. Yeah, like that is true. now yeah, that's true. it's you want to appeal the U.S. market and the China market because I, I China like they did a good job of that. But they've made too many mistakes up till now. Well, not, maybe for the Americans, but I'm telling you, the Chinese were the reason. That it did so well. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in Chinese culture, but they seem sure. to love giant robots fighting for no good reason. That's me in a nutshell yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> or me Chinese, guys. I'll do it. I'm, yeah. da- I'm in with it. But yeah, I'm down with so, that. So with Bumblebee, there wasn't a lot of that. There was a lot more story and personality to it. Yeah. True, but I mean, if they know that a giant freaking robot is the main is the centric character of the movie you would think they'd come out in droves to see it still but it is only bumblebee not transformers yeah. so maybe yeah. the pl- the lack of plurality made a difference i don't well, know the fight scenes there was only like the two fight fight, pretty damn but good, there was though. like two God, of them they're so good You're there right. was like two of them uh, compared to seven yeah yeah I guess so. No giant explosions the whole time. Which again, I I will always defend the Michael Bay movies in that they are, they are beautiful. a spectacle. They yeah. are beautiful in the action sequences, but the story and the characters and the silly acting and the Bud Light ads and the Bud and Light the, ads and the booth, LaBeouf. exactly. Oh, that's yeah. It's just it's whatever. But anyway, okay, let's let's move on. You want to talk about one more thing about Tom Holland, Peter? Oh, yeah. This Before be we get into uh, so a glass. Fake news. Fake news. Coming in. Supposedly, Tom Holland leaked the entirety of uh, Avengers Endgame on Twitter. He would never do that. I don't I mean, no. I know he has a track record, he and Mark Ruffalo, but I mean, obviously, I don't think he would ever do that. Originally. Like, like the whole movie. Honestly, originally, I thought it was another publicity stunt by Marvel. Uh, yeah, sure. And then I just found out it was completely fake from entirely. Fake. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think after all the accidents he's had they would the Russo brothers wouldn't even trust him with with any sort of files whatsoever you know yeah exactly and if it's not him reading the script they're on set they're probably not letting them take home anything did you, you know guys what I mean? hear that for infinity war they didn't let tom holland see anything in the script <laughs> that didn't involve him wow oh wow because that's they were that rough. afraid that he would he would spoil say shit. something they, they would show him his lines and that was it that's pretty well reser- deserved i guess in a way yeah. i mean not to take away from the guy but you know yeah he fucked up yeah yeah, yeah. it's fair enough he's young he gets excited like he's he's um he's spider-man he's, he's hyped yeah. about his job mm-hmm. i mean i'm glad I, to hear it he, he does a good job he did an inter- he, he's probably done a few interviews talking about how he went to go see the avengers like in Oh just as God, a fan, no. and yeah. then he was just when he was a which kid, which is awesome. Yeah, and when then he was a kid. God, yeah, that makes Terrible. us feel old as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, he was just like, "Oh, now I'm gonna." So, like, he's a fan already, so oh, he yeah. gets excited. Um, 
And now awesome. he's actually he has the dream job essentially. Pretty much. Now he gets to be an official Avenger. It's it's, it's not. It's like fair. that one movie with <laughs> from with Marky Mark where he becomes a rock star or some shit. Oh, I think that's called Rockstar or Rockers, The Rocker, something okay, like that. There you go, I love that, that movie. Yeah, that movie's like, awesome. Just like that. Yeah, still dragging. <laughs> anyway, uh, so speaking of Tom Holland, well, another trailer we watched was Spider-Man: Far From Home. Oh yeah, good segue. What did you guys think? Looks great. I thought it looked. Great I've as never well. seen the first one. Yeah, now I have didn't. to. You it's both really haven't. Have, oh no, you did, Peter. The Homecoming. Oh, I'm thinking of the second uh, Ant-Man movie you haven't seen. Yeah, My that's bad. the one I haven't seen. Yeah, Homecoming I haven't seen. But that's because I'm Spider-Man out. Homecoming's a great movie. Homecoming's really it's definitely good. worth watching. We I'm should probably do it. that as a bonus episode if you guys are down. Yeah, maybe yeah, bonus sure. episode two, or maybe, maybe. Oh, yeah, because that movie's coming out. When is this movie coming out? This year. I forget. This year, definitely. It's after Infinity War, but yeah. I don't remember exactly when. And people have said that there's rumors that it's going to be a prequel, but I don't see it being. I have I saw no hints of that being the case. Oh, I mean the fact that he's alive. Well, spoilers, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> for, spoilers for the two people who haven't seen Infinity War yet. Yeah. yeah. So here's a theory, and this is one of the things I said that you guys probably didn't pick up. Sure. Uh, there's a scene where he's getting his passport. I don't know if you've seen this. And uh, it only says July like 19th, is, but it, it doesn't uh, give an actual date, 2019. Like the year. So mm-hmm. kind of throw people a little bit off. Sure. And, I, and there's a theory out. I guess Kevin Feige said that Spider-Man Far From Home happens literally right after the Avengers. So the, so the theory is, is it's Wait, just going to... Avengers? Yeah. Like Avengers Infinity 4? War or Endgame? Uh, Endgame. Okay. Oh, it happens right after Endgame. Right after. Okay, Endgame. so it's confirmed after Endgame. Okay, that's what he said. He said it's supposed to take off right after it. So yeah, the theory right. behind it is, it's it's like nothing ever really happened. You know that bus ride that he's taking in um Infinity War. Yes. They're saying that that was actually his bus to go to Paris. Wait, so this is an alternate universe that so it never it's not part of the lore officially. No, well, no, no. Th- th- I think that he's suggesting that the theory is that time kind of gets reset and we take like nothing really uh, happened like Thanos never really came so that means the Avengers automatically win then because they're reversing everything that ever happened that's just the theory it's all speculation oh okay the Rooster Brothers brothers did not confirm this well they just said that Spider-Man was happening right after Endgame that's all that's all they said okay so then you know people put the pieces together and it kind of makes sense I mean where was that bus going yeah that Stan Lee was driving right so R.I.P. probably to the airport, take them on their field trip across when, you know, yeah. the ocean and all that. So that's Makes the theory. Sense. Let's yeah. see if that's actually true. Yeah. We, only time will tell. So, in any case, I think that Jake Gyllenhaal looks pretty fucking awesome as yeah. Mysterio. Yeah. How'd you feel about that Thor entrance? That was a Thor entrance. <laughs> the Superman yeah, landing? Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. So you in the comic books, part of this. he's just a trickster. He's yes. like a magician. Yes. So in this one, he actually looks like he's a... I like how they even say it in the trailer. They compare him to Iron Man, because that's basically what he looks like. Well, True. this was the Green other thing Iron I was going to point out. Like. Fishbowl Iron Man. There are yep. stills where it looks like he's actually doing magic. Ooh. Like if you, like there's a tricks? part where he's sh- like <laughs> he, he's shit. shooting like that green gunk at the one of the elementals, yeah, and you can see like one of those Doctor Strange. Oh, that's things. pretty cool. Okay, gotcha. so which makes sense. I mean, is he that good of a trickster? Like in cartoons, they want to give him probably a better explanation. Maybe he yeah. knows just enough magic to be Mysterio. Sure, maybe. I look forward mm-hmm. to it. I mean, like he if- dabbled in the arts, and that was just kind of right. Weird. He's nowhere <laughs> yeah. near Doctor Strange level, but he's he knows enough. But watch the trailer now, and you'll see it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. I, I look forward to this movie though. I I really want to watch great. Homecoming again, and Far From Home looks like a lot of fun as well. The the only gripe I could see people having with this trailer, and 
we have a close friend that talked sh- like some trash on it recently. I honestly couldn't think of anything bad to say about it other than maybe the soundtrack. What is it? The Ramones that are playing? I want to be sedated. I mean, or whatever that song the UK. is called. What's that? I mean, they're going to the UK. British Invasion. I Why completely not? agree. I'm just saying I can't think of any gripe anyone can have other than maybe just the music's a little too fun and upbeat. But it's a Marvel movie and it's a Spider-Man high schooler movie. Like, obviously, it's going to be fun and upbeat. What's yep. the, Where's the problem in that? You right. know, I don't know. I mean, sure, they could have chosen any other music, but... I thought it kept the pace going. It gets audiences ready that it's going to be a fun roller coaster. I mean, it sets of a, a pretty good tone. Yeah, because yeah, he even he even says so in the trailer. Like yeah. uh, Spider Man is just wants to go on vacation. He you just get, wants to have fun. You get Happy Hogan. Uh, maybe maybe making some moves on Aunt May. Yeah, I loved that. Funny. I mean, I would. That was shit. a fun little nod. I was like, yep, ah, who funny. wouldn't really? Rosato <laughs> May and Nick day. Fury is going to be in it. Oh, and yep. Nick Fury. By the that way, was a great little does, cameo. Does this trailer confirm that he still doesn't have spider senses? I mean. I I, I thought like he always did. They just don't really bring it up. Yeah. We that he doesn't? Well, well that's that why he, he has does. such great reactions because there, there are plenty of slowdowns and he's reacting so to them. He didn't, like in Civil War, for example. He didn't know Nick Fury was there. So the way I've mm. always interpret, interpreted the Spider-Sense, even from the comic books, it's the equivalent of like, say, if somebody's somebody, coming at somebody you. throws a rock at you yes. and someone goes, heads up, it's still up to you to react to it. Yes. Okay. That, that's the way I've always interpreted okay. it. So, it it's not it, it doesn't make him invincible or right. like impervious to to physical harm. Like he still gets hit, even with the spider sense. He just because he doesn't react quick enough or whatever the case may be. Or okay. for me, it it doesn't mean necessarily that also that he can't sense an aura of a person or the energy of a person just because he happens to walk into a room. You know what I mean? Because he, 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 he no shot his there. friend. Yeah, but I, you he feel like he was. Oh, in I guess that, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I guess he could have reacted, but he himself. Did not get shot. Yeah, like that Peter makes was a difference. Saying, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. I feel you there. No, that's, that's, a, that's a good theory, though. Was there any other news you guys wanted to talk about before we get into it? Uh, no, I think I'm that's good. It. Yeah. All right. Well, then, uh, just to let you guys know a few things before we get into it, I do have to plug a few things like our social media. If you ever want to have any questions plug or it. topics of us answered or talked about on future episodes, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter. That's sdgeekpod at sdgeekpod. You can also email us if you ever want to become a sponsor for our show as well. That's sdgeekpod at gmail.com. You can hit us up on our social media as well, though, if you'd prefer. We also have a fun little video coming to YouTube soon, which we need to edit and get that done already because it's going to be a pretty fun time. It was terrible and fun and hilarious all at once. I hate you guys for it still, but I hate it because it was partially my idea. I can't wait for the next challenge. Me, me neither. It was oh, really, really fun. <laughs> Thank God we had some beer. Did we drink beer that night? I want to say we definitely did. It was all. I think I blocked yeah, it out. We did. It helped. It helped slightly, but not really. No. Anyway, be on the lookout for that. So, yeah, with that said, again, questions, topics you want to bring up, let us know. We'll be happy to bring them up, and we'll give you a shout-out during the episode as well. But as we mentioned in the beginning of this episode, we watched the movie Glass, the sequel to Unbreakable and Split by the legend, so to speak, The M. Legendary. Night Shyamalan. Legendary. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, he, he's the had Shyamalala. his hits and misses, and this one is its own beast for sure. No pun intended. Um... Peter, start us off. Uh, so no this, spoilers. We'll move into spoilers eventually. Okay, no no spoilers. Yeah. Excuse me. So this was basically M Night Shyamalan's take on a grounded Avengers. I think you can say yeah. this was yep. his like universal. How much closer do I? I just need want to you a little bit closer. Sorry. Jesus. Okay. 
<laughs> kiss the um, pop filter. That's practically <laughs> what I'm doing. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. I'm pretty close to you, though. This pop filter smells weird. Um, <laughs> so this is basically his Avengers. He made yes. Unbreakable, what, like t- almost 20 years ago? Yeah, 19. 19. Yeah. And then he made a, a sleeper split. sequel, Split. Yep. And now he's trying to bring the whole universe together, which I think he accomplished very well. I was very, very skeptical about how he was going to pull this off, Agreed. but I think he did great. I, I mean, it's not perfect. No, yeah, mo- not no, mo- by far. no movie is, but I think if you're a fan of M night Shyamalan and if you're a fan of the previous two movies, you will enjoy this movie. Yeah. But, but, I, but I think one thing that this movie lacks is the comfortability of people who have not seen either movie. Like Agreed. if you have not seen unbreakable or split, you almost don't have much business watching this movie unless you're just a fan of maybe thriller type movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's about it. My girlfriend and her sister, who both saw Split and both enjoyed it, had never seen Unbreakable. Okay. So I I made sure to show them that movie prior to us watching this one. Good call. And yeah, they were like, "If thank God we saw Unbreakable, because we would have no clue what is going on." Yeah. Yeah. You probably wouldn't care much for Bruce Willis's character Mm -hmm. or the son. Or the son, for that matter. I love that point. it was the same actor, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yep. was really cool. Yep. Freaking my, my girlfriend during the movie, she, she was like, "Is that his son?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's actually the same actor too." And she was like, "He's kind of cute." Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <Love> you. <laughs> but yeah, you're kind of right. <laughs> Damn, this guy, Spider Man. What was the other one? The the, the Red Dead everyone, Redemption two guy. Everybody, everyone, everyone but AJ. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> yeah if, if it's not, if it's a male that's not me, mildly good looking. Decent jawline, she's in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go on. Move on. Move on. <laughs> Little too close to home. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> or far from it. Uh. Uh. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. Continue, Peter, please. Boo. I know. I deserve all of it. So, yes. Yeah, so, anyway, we were saying that just, you know, it's a, it's a, it was a good, oh, how, how can I explain? It's similar to Unbreakable in the sense that, okay, so going into this movie. Really? Oh, yeah, I think similar. It's clo- I think it's closer to yes. Unbreakable than because Ooh, yeah. I, I don't think, know if I agree. Because I think. No spoilers for now. Though. I know, I know. Going I'm into sorry. this movie, I was expecting it to be, I, I was I was afraid that it was going to be a bit more action-packed. The trailers made, made yeah, it look that way. I completely but it was, agree. But it was a lot more like Unbreakable in the sense that it was very much a, a long narrative, building up these characters, getting to know them a little bit, setting up yep. the story, and then we got some action towards the end. at the climax. We got a little bit in the beginning, but most of the movie was world-building and story-building. Yes. Which I appreciated because, again, I was I, – I think I – Maybe every time we recorded a podcast episode and we brought up this movie coming out, mm-hmm. I think I maybe forgot about my skepticism, but the trailers, I think maybe the first trailer I ever saw got me hype, and every trailer after that kind of made me more skeptical like, mm, and more lackluster towards it. I lost excitement. I was like, why are they making movements like that? It didn't... It was losing me. It was losing me. And and then when I heard the ratings of Rotten Tomatoes, it was losing me even more. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, Same my here. God, am I even going to like this movie? I have no idea. Continue. Uh, John, to, to bounce off what, John, what, what, what Peter's saying, pardon me. Well, I liked it. Sure. But I thought it was a little boring. It's I thought there were parts the middle, yeah. that were that were just dragged on. It was a very long. How long was this movie? Uh, I want to say two hours. That's you see. That, that's the, the issue. The first two movies are two hours though. Uh, Unbreakable is a little over this one, two hours. That's like so a, smooth though. This yes, one, I agree. This one, I thought to myself, this movie's so long. Why is it still going? Really? I thought the same thing. I'll give you that. Whoop. 
And it's at Peter Not Cooper Beer Bottle. He's but drunk. Did you, did you finish it? It's at Pete, don't worry. He just nice. wants to make his point. Yeah. <laughs> That's For dramatic effect. Yep. That was intentional. Speaking yeah. of beer, I'm going to finish mine. Definitely think there are a lot of amazing ideas behind this movie. I just think some of those scenes dragged too long. If anything, I feel like some scenes... Well, I'm not even going to say the scenes that were in the movie. I'm just going to say in general, I could have probably used a little more scenes with Bruce Willis's character personally. Yes, there was actually. I, we yeah. did not get that much there was Bruce a Willis. Very in this little, movie. very little of him. I, I wanted to care about him. I, I, I was excited when they showed him, and you realize again, this is not really spoilers, but just just to start the the ball to get the ball rolling for this movie, I, I will say. We were talking about this when in our last episode, and we were talking about you know we were curious as to how this movie was, was going to be. Is it going to be that um, Bruce Willis's character from Unbreakable has been a vigilante all along, or did he hang back and not do that anymore? And we get the answers. Oh yeah, the yep. answer is he's been a vigilante all these years, yep. and he's he started a, uh, his own security company with his son, which I thought was cool. It's like Dunn Security, I think it was called. Yeah, yes. his son was like his Alfred, which I thought was pretty fun. That, that is yeah, kind that of cool, cool yeah. actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and. And his son's a likable character in this movie, actually, too. It almost yeah. uh, the one thing I will like about this, I will say about this movie that I like is that it questions everyone's psyche, motivation, and and with it's very Shyamalan in that is what is happening even real? Is everything that's happened that, from yes. from beginning it, to now is it even real? It, is, is it, it you know? Does that make sense? Yep. Yes, and it definitely got me. I love that. I started questioning it. I'm yeah. like, wow, that, are they really? Yeah. Is this? Are we gonna have an M Night Shyamalan? Like this was all in everybody's <sighs> head, and we kind of yeah. did, but kind of didn't. Which yeah. I appreciate that he did mix up for us a little bit. That I don't get a little bit of yes name. and a little bit of no. It, the actress, the uh, psychiatrist. Yeah, she killed it. She thank definitely. you. I was yeah. worried you were going to say her parts were boring. No. I love the hospital scenes personally. I, the hospital oh, yeah. scenes Everything were in the great. hospital was great. There was yeah. one part for me that dragged. But we'll get yeah, into that later. We'll get into it in spoilers. But Maybe we, she was agree. very convincing. I thought, oh, fuck, yeah. am I even John? <laughs> <laughs> That's how great she was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was very, very good. If he's yeah. Mr. Glass and he's David Dunn, <laughs> then who am I? <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly so. Should so, I check my ID? <laughs> right? It's all a lie anyway. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, anyway, so yeah, to start this movie off, you have David Dunn, the um Bruce Willis's character, the lead character of Unbreakable, and his son having their own quote unquote security company, which is partially legit, probably ninety percent illegitimate for sure in the sense that you know they're doing vigilante work on the side bruce willis's character david dunn is wearing a wire the entire time talking with his son and they're figuring out different places where to go they look up crimes on the internet and and on the news and figure out where these crimes are coming from and then they pinpoint the location and then execute and and of course david dunn's ability to be able to sense danger and also criminals past actions as well mm-hmm. helps him to further be able to figure out what the fuck is going on who is looking for and then ha- who to punish so to speak so real quick speaking of the the security company it was very hard to miss but a recurring yep. segment of this is spot the Shyamalan. yeah okay thank you you named the segment did, this is another recurring segment of spot the Shyamalan. yes so go back to episode 15 the i spot the Shyamalan. oh yeah okay yeah. it was hard not to but what i loved i'm was so that, glad you brought that up Peter. <laughs> was that he actually played the same character yes okay, it was a continuation yes. yeah it, what was his explanation he, he said like he, 
he, he was hanging out with the rough crowd. Yeah. He, so I which, was hanging out with a shady crowd. Which also I, confirms yeah. the fact that he didn't, in fact, have drugs on Yeah, him. he did have drugs. So but I, I love that. Again, but the thing that gets me about Unbreakable is that how did he never bust him for the drugs to begin with? Well, did, he hud- did he put it up his here, ass? Here's my explanation. Did he cavity it? Maybe. Here's my explanation. Okay. His power is to see passins. But so, not where he put it. Oh my god. So maybe his vision was from a previous time. So maybe this time around uh, he actually hit it somewhere else. I thought else. he was wearing the same jacket, but that doesn't mean he can't it, wear the same yeah, jacket exa- twice. Exactly. Fair enough. Well, yeah, I do it all the time, point. right? Crazy. But anyway, yeah. I did like that nod. Yeah. It was a fun nod. It was a quick little thing. I feel like Shimlon though in Split and in this movie, he's acting not the greatest, but he's a director and writer first if, and foremost. If you've ever seen his commentary, he makes fun of himself for his acting. Oh, really? In a lot of ways. He'll just oh, be like, okay. oh, God, look, look, what, what are you doing? I mean, I personally <laughs> thought he was pretty good in Signs, though. And in The Village oh, yeah, as well. Right, the forgot. Village as well, he was really good in also. I but again, very quick scenes. Wasn't he the like the park ranger in, in Village? Is yes. That what it is? yes. Okay. It was something I saw like that, that movie once and I hated it, so I don't remember. I think he was the one to report that he found... Yeah, he found... The blind girl, so okay. and all, so on and so forth. We won't spoil that movie. I, I really want to be able to review some Shemlon movies in the future. We probably could. Have, I mean, we did for this episode to precursor it, but uh, you know. Anyway, moving on. So yeah, David Dunn has been a vigilante all along, and then where does the story go from there, Peter? So he's tracking down. Uh, there's there's a lot of missing <clears throat> missing high school girls in the area. So he still so creepy, <laughs> very creepy. So he and his son are trying to figure out where. Uh, where they could find him, and I'm um, sorry, I'm, I'm motioning to Peter to get a little closer to his mic again. I'm sorry, it's just your levels are a little lower. Sorry, okay. continue, continue. Fuck. I didn't mean stop. I just meant to just get a little closer. I feel like I'm getting a contact high from all this plastic on this. <laughs> mic. Hey, there's a seat right here next to me that's nice and all. Take the contact high again. Like we talked about, this is the furthest ever that the SC podcast crew has been from each other. Ever We're since separated. we all have our own mics now. I think John's feeling a little lonely is what oh, I'm getting out of this. Come in a little closer, baby. It, the <laughs> thing is, John has no mic stand. Peter and I are 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 restricted to where we are. Oh uh, no, I John, can do if whatever you are I cuddling, want. you're right. You're two steps away from me, <laughs> and Peter's not far either. Fuck you, AJ. You have, yeah. you have your options. Moving on. Go ahead, Peter. Um. <laughs> so yeah, so they're trying to find uh, this person. They 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 find they they the the son through some magical means. <laughs> it he he find he he gets an idea of where the. The, the criminal, the, the kidnapper might be hiding. I never I didn't quite understand how he figured it out. That was gonna say the explanation out. made no point though. Yeah. Like, it made no sense. There was no point for it. Well I, I thought he said that something along the lines of um David Dunn, the father character, Bruce Willis's character said he saw like some red like dust. No, 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 no. We're talking after. about how when how the son uh, told him to even go look in that area in the first place. He says oh. the kidnappings are happening over here, mm-hmm. but the the kidnapper wouldn't be actually in that area. He would be at a place that he has easy to access to that area. Yeah. So he's actually over here. That but they is, don't really explain how exactly there's a correlation between the two. I feel like that's I a thought, little suspension of disbelief. Because you saw like the triangle. I thought, oh, this, this is yeah. like their way of summoning the beast. Like that's where my mind went to. I, right see. I mean, for all we know, maybe. No. But, yeah. Well, maybe. Oh, I, I will say this. In, in, again, suspension of disbelief. These guys have been doing this job for 19 years now. Yeah. So they've probably gotten pretty damn good at yeah. how to locate criminals. This kind of goes, yeah, you're probably right, but this kind of goes hand in hand. Like, as far as the storytelling aspect goes, this goes hand in hand with one of the issues I had with the movie is that sometimes the, they 
explain things that don't make sense or characters do things that don't make sense, but it's clearly just so they can progress the plot. Yeah, I'll agree. I can't wait till you expand upon that further in spoilers, but mm-hmm. I, I will agree with you too, too. For now, yeah. For now. Yeah, so... Uh, so that is we? the case. Oh, you were saying that David Dunn's looking for the Horde. Yeah, he's AKA looking for the Horde. James McAvoy's characters, uh, and he's already and he he finds him. He bumps into him, uh, and he is a pretty cool. He rescues. He he finds the cheerleader people, the, the high school people, and he rescues them. And then a pretty cool fight scene breaks out between the, the Horde, and, the Horde David and David Dunn. That's yeah. Like, I don't think that's really spoilery. They kind of see it in the trailer, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you see even after that scene, really. The yeah. trailers kind of give away everything. That they're going to fight, yeah. Nah, I wouldn't say everything. Well, there maybe, is a trailer the, where it shows the Horde throw David Dunn. Ex, ex, I'll, I'll talk about this in spoilers. We'll get into there's it. There's some stuff the trailer does keep close to the chest. Oh, no, there's a lot that oh, they yeah. keep close to the chest, which I, I feel like, if anything, the problem is with this movie, my theater that I that I saw it in it was um, the night after release. And it was packed, but not even as packed as Dragon Ball Super Broly was, really. <laughs> I was telling John about this before you got here, Peter. And I was surprised at that because, you know, it's a full-fledged, you know, top-tier movie, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though M. Night Shyamalan has his track record that is I was going to say, I don't know, think he has the same poll that he did 20 years ago. I would agree with that for sure. Um, but I, I'm just saying, you know, for a for a mainstream type of movie, so to speak, right. uh, I was surprised at the lack of audience members. But there there was still a good amount, but not as quite as packed. And maybe because Dragon Ball Super or Dragon Ball movies, for that matter, only come out every few years or so, you know. Yep. In defense. Oh, yeah. Anyway, though, but uh, m- moving on. So the the story goes from there. Um. So, I mean, is this crossing over into spoilers at this point? If you yeah, guys are ready to, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, yeah. Okay. First. All right. From here on, spoilers. We're about forty-five or so minutes in to the episode. If you don't want to be, please. If you don't want to hear the spoilers, go watch the movie and then come back to this episode. We'll be happy to, you know, we'll exchange notes and see how you feel about it. Oh yeah. Moving in. Let's do be, it. Be happy to hear your opinions. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Um. So at this point, the um, uh, Bruce Willis and the Horde they fight. In a pretty decent action scene, they're both kind of surprised. Well, here was my first complaint. There's one okay. thing I didn't like about this fight scene. Go either. on, when only he, one thing. When he choked him out, when he, like that whole choke out was happening, it went on for like a minute. I don't know if I would even call it a choke out. He was just squeezing him. Yeah, and that lasted is, a long time. Well, I felt like that was very unnecessary. Uh, Do we really need to see him hug Bruce Willis for <laughs> a minute and a half? Well, I, I will say this. May I? Go ahead. I'm oh, they're about say, to school me. I'm, Here we go. I, no, I, I'm going to say this. It's just my opinion. I was fine with it. I think it might have felt a little awkward. However, I think it was the first time the Beast, because the Beast is kind of known for this, the, the Horde, if you will, um, from Split. And then in this movie, he actually grips and hugs people a lot in, in these two movies. And, yeah. he just and I love. think this is the first time. He grips someone like that, and they didn't break immediately. Yeah, this goes so, hand in hand with what I was saying about how this—they're both surprised at what what, what they're running one another can do. Yes, yeah. exactly. This is the first time the beast has ever held held someone and then just snap like a twig. You know what I mean? I still and so the umbra- and so um, the overseer, which is the name of uh, Bristles' character—that's what he's known as. That's like his in the media name. Yeah, yeah, the overseer, yes. which I thought was a I pretty good yeah. name. It's cool no name. Overseer, yeah, it's cool. It's kind of like Batman in a way, vigilante. Anyway, so yeah, um, it, I actually thought I kind of chuckled, but I only because I liked it in that. So yeah, the, you have the Beast, James McAvoy's evil character, hugging him out, squeeze 
the Hugging crap him a bear out of Bruce Willis's character, yeah, David Dunn. And the thing is that David Dunn is able to withstand it because, again, his bones don't break very easily at all. I don't know if he's ever had a break in his life. All, yeah. Exactly. And so you, like, he's slowly creeping towards a window in this abandoned warehouse that they're in to get this guy off of him. The thing is that David Dunn, Bruce Willis's character, is able to withstand the pressure fine enough. I, it's just that obviously his his mobility is a little lacking because he's still locked down by an extremely strong person, nonetheless. Yeah. So I think that I whole, thought it lasted fine. I thought that whole fight scene was great. Yes. I the, think the that table flip. <laughs> yeah. I, and even how it hit the girl, like you yeah. thought. I thought the girl was gonna get away. Yeah. And it hit her, and I was like, oh shit! I thought but, she was dead. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Straight oh, yeah. up, I thought she was dead. When the chillers picked her up, they were still dragging her feet. Mm. I'm just yeah. She was out cold easily. Yeah. So. I thought that was all great. I really thought that hug scene just lasted too long. All I right, get what you're enough. saying. I think it was for a dramatic effect. Yeah, too to dramatic. realize how too, strong. Bruce but you Willis were you were already is. seeing it when the initial fight started. He threw the table at him. He was able he to withstand it. No problem. it. Like right. you were able to see it there, which was great. But then a th- it was like three minutes. Fair enough. But they I thought- hugged for so long. And then you see <laughs> it was like, not for three minutes. You, you it wasn't that long. It, it goes didn't. to the Beast face, then Bruce Willis's face, then the Beast face, then the Bruce Willis face, they and did. then they go out the window. This movie does have a lot of face cam right in the face. Like, see, like it's super intimate, and it doesn't pay off to any degree at all. I don't but think. here's the thing. It's I, not intimate. I liked that for the reason really? that one of, one of the biggest reasons, one of the my biggest fears going into this movie was the whole... That it was going to feel too cinematic. The trailers made it feel like there was going to be a big showdown between the two char- characters, uh, the, the Beast and um, the Overseer. Yes. Um, but we really didn't get any big action set no, pieces. I agree. We didn't get any dramatic camera angles. Well, not we in the get... beginning, anyway. Even, even towards at, the end, even I towards would the end, it wasn't No, bad. there was still a lot of, like, clo- it was still felt very personal and still felt very real and I grounded. I think that's M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, there, yeah. there, there oh, yeah. are fight scenes. Don't get us wrong. For you that's listening, well, we're talking saying. about one. I'm just saying. I just had issue with that one specific part. Sure, but I thought the resolution of that scene was really great. When yeah. David Dunn finds a window and is like, and, "The only yes. way I'm going to get this guy and, off of me again, is if yeah. we fly out this window together," which I thought was awesome. That was amazing. Yep. And they're about to go at each other again, and then they flash lights. Yeah, just to give a little more emphasis. So yeah, again, as John said, the issue that John has is that. The, the the horde the beast is squeezing the hell out of David Dunn. David Dunn is withstanding it for a little longer than John would have liked, and then he's slowly scooting, uh, yeah. and then ends up carrying the horde to the window because he's able to again. He's able to handle the pressure. He's fine with it. He obviously he's hurting, but he can handle the situation. And yeah. then he finds these windows that are on the side of the warehouse building that he's in. He's on like a second or third story at least, and then is able to. The only way he sees out of the situation is to jump out the window with the horde attached to him and then have them crash land to the ground outside in the yep. rain. And that, that's really Which what, was great. What, what caused them yep. to detach to begin with, which I, again, I thought that was really that great. Was great. And the follow up. And I'm not trying to say I want more. I'm just saying we could have had less, a little that. less huggy. Yeah. A little more. That's fighting. all I'm saying. Cause the movie sure. did feel like it dragged and those tiny t- bits all add up because I, there are other scenes like that, but to carry on, yeah. they, they're about to fight again and they get stopped by the psychiatrist. Which and I was kind of disappointed by, I thought that was a cool scene and that, that they get disappointed. But essentially what happens is that, yeah, they, they crash land to the floor. They detach the beast is on one end of this abandoned field. 
field, abandoned lot, if you will. It's all grass and muddy and everything. The the overseer, Bruce Willis' character, is on the other, and then they're about they start to run toward each other, and instantly you saw this you see this bright flash, flash yeah. of light, which ultimately kind of blinds it and it immobilizes them, if you will. Well, it takes the beast out of his form, I believe. It's, yeah. It was yes. one of those flashes. And we'll get into that and further. And then uh, Dunn was about to escape, and you can tell she had her research done on him. Oh, yeah. She called him by his name. Bec- well, she knew, and there was kind of a hint that he had powers, because she actually said, you, you can, can get escape, yep. but yes. you're going to be hurting a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Which is the only hint you get towards what the ending is all about. Which I didn't catch until we'll right now, into by that the way. Later. <laughs> we will not spoil the ending right now, though. We'll work into that. No. Because yeah. the ending is something. Mm, it's definitely something. The several endings. But... Several endings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the issues but, I had, but uh, yeah. we'll get it's there. It's not Lord of the Rings Return of the King. I'm endings. just saying, there's a way to top one twist ending. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So uh, moving on. So, yes, they both get caught in the That's middle of it. it. What happens to the Horde and David Dunn from there, Peter? Um, so they both get – well, they both basically turn themselves in because the, the Horde isn't in his his beast persona anymore, and then David Dunn doesn't want to fight his way out because he doesn't want to hurt anybody. So they both turn themselves in, and they both get taken to a psychiatric uh, fa- uh, facility. facility. Facility, yes. And Or ward. Yeah, I'm sure that works too. And then where does it go from there? We we, we get well, we get more of the the psychiatrist character, and she's talking to the actual um, Kevin, I believe is the the original guy's name, right? Kevin Wendell Crumb. Yeah, yeah. And he and I don't remember the girl's um, personality's name. What's her name? The main oh one? Patricia. Yeah, how she's tripping. She's tripping out on there's somebody oh, that's else. Right. That's like them, like the beast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which well, I love. She invested so much of her, her of her life, so to speak, into the beast being the ultimate being that for something to even be able to rival it is kind of scary for her, you know? Yeah, it it's her questioning mind. her beliefs in like kind of like how people question their beliefs in religion, you know? You, you feel like this is the one right thing your whole life, and then all of a sudden you find out there might be more to life than just that. Right, if yeah, you will. and I like how what the psychiatrist calls her the high high priest, high priestess. Yeah, high priestess. yeah, yeah. I, yes. I really like that because mm-hmm. she was going through the different personalities. She talked to the nine year old, and I think Hedwig. Yeah, and Check. then like an Irish one. Yeah, she went through like five. You get to know more characters in this movie, which I thought was great, and it just shows. I, I God, every time I saw James McAvoy go into different characters, especially for Hedwig, uh, there's just there well, was one how, shot. Yeah. Please go ahead. How quickly. He goes between the personalities. And yet how believable yes. in the oh, sense that yeah. like you see this, you see the shift in his body language and his facial expressions that all of a sudden you realize this is someone different now. Not just the tone of his voice or the accent he's using, but just the sheer way he moves his, himself. The way he carries himself, his facial expressions, yes. like everything. You, you can like you can tell just by looking at him in some scenes what persona he he's, is. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, like mm-hmm. he covers himself when he's Patricia. He's a more reserved female feminine mm-hmm. character. You know, he she has power and she has grace and she has respect, a respectful, a respectable nature. And yet, you know, there's something sinister about her at the same time in the back of her mind. Right. And when he's Hedwig, this nine year old character, this character that's nine year old, nine years old forever. I just remember what the, the I think it was like the second or third time he turns into Hedwig. I leaned over to my girlfriend and was like, how is he able to do this? Like. He it's is just great. he's it's a really great good. actor in this movie. It just he's goes amazing. to show his skills. It's 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 Easily awesome. the best part of the movie. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, for sure. He yeah, in this movie for sure. In this movie for sure. He's my favorite part. 
Um, well, but, he, I think we get them out of all of the the supernatural characters, if you want to call them that. Um, he's probably the one we get the most of. Hedwig, yeah. or oh, uh, just uh, Kevin? Um, oh, oh, just Kevin yeah. uh, Crumb and all that. Yeah, yes. I, I I agree. Because we get very little David Dunn, and we yeah, do get quite a bit of of Mister Glass. Whoa. But even then, he doesn't show up until like towards the end of the first. I mean, we see him, but act. he's not really doing much yeah I, I guess just to get into it a little bit when uh when they're admitted to the psych ward because again as we mentioned they do surrender well the the, the horde not so easily but they are they are subdued eventually because of some flashing lights that are like hypnotic i guess you could say and then again as as mentioned david dunn is just not wanting to hurt anybody so he admits himself to the psych ward if you will and that happens from there john yeah, so they get into the psych ward. You find out that Bruce Willis is also in there, and they know his weakness, which is water. And they, I believe she the says, "The psychiatrist brings it." Yeah, she says, "If you try to escape, forty thousand pressure of water is going to pin you down." Something so, like that. Something along those lines. If, if I may, I even like. Could, uh, please continue after this, John. I was just saying one way that I like that she worded things is that I understand you have a belief that you have a weakness to water. I like so the way she worded that. she's already implanting that seed. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Inception. Mm-hmm. And then I believe from there is where we get that quick preview of Mr. Glass, I believe. You um, see the, yeah, I the nurse talking to him point. saying before she took over, things were ran a little bit differently. Like he was bitching to. There, there yeah. are a couple of male nurse characters in this movie. And yeah, uh, one of them is an asshole. The other one is just like, a, I guess, a health nut who is just kind of a nice guy in the end. Yep. They're not the biggest characters, but they kind of matter slightly in this movie. So then that happens. What does happen after that? Well, again, as you mentioned, you get to see Mr. Glass again, who is in Unbreakable. And, um, oh, it, you find out that he tricked people quite a bit. Yeah, well, you find out. He's you, able to persuade them to do things. Well, you, or, you find out just how smart he is. He's too smart for everybody that's in, in charge of him. And yes. so he was constantly sedated, tricking them. Which you don't really The hospital is under the impression that they've been sedating them this whole time. And so when you finally get to see Mr. Glass again, he's heavily sedated and he's pretty unresponsive to everything to that they have to say to him, that they do to him or anything like that. Samuel L. It, L. Jackson so, yeah. gets has that reputation for being the loud obnoxious guy but good he's actually point. a pretty good actor like overall he's a very underrated actor and this I is think. a different role for him or you like like you're kind of talking about he was really quiet in this movie for the first three quarters of it i would pretty say much yeah yeah you don't get much word out of him because again he's supposed to be very highly sedated throughout this entire movie mm-hmm. i wouldn't say underrated for some jackson i think he's He's, he pretty, he's be pretty the highest paid man in Hollywood. Yeah, no, 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 he's pretty rated. I, I'm talking about his acting prowess. But oh, I mean, he's like great movie. Play the Coach same. Carter. I think that was the movie he did. I can't think of how many. I've yeah, he did play movie. Coach Carter, <laughs> but I can't think of any other movies good. where he's played a, mu- a very sentimental I agree, character. Yeah. Even in then, it's just because it was a Disney movie doesn't mean he wasn't about to say motherfucker. Hey. In the bloopers, yeah. he probably says it anyway. <laughs> I'm sure he made some child actors cry. Right at the end of uh, Infinity War? <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. So, no, no, he, he was, was going to say motherfucker. Yeah, he was going to say motherfucker. Yep. Motherfucker. And then yeah. dust. Nice. <laughs> Essentially. Yep. But yeah, okay. So you find out. So yeah, Mr. Glass is kind of heavily sedated through his stay at the same psych ward that the Horde and David Dunn, Bruce Willis' character, are staying at. Yeah. So for the next several scenes, what we get is the psychiatrist um, speaking with both David Dunn and the and uh, the uh, horror James McAvoy's yes, character. Yes, exactly. Um, and then also to Mr. Glass, but 
we, we really don't get much out of him. We, we do see a couple of things that lead maybe lead us to believe that he's a bit more responsive than uh, like than he's letting it. on. But for the most part, these next these several scenes are are just one on ones with these particular characters, which and, is good. Which is yeah. good until we get to a scene where we get all three of them in the same room, which is great. Which is really great. Which that again, was pretty cool. Wh- I felt like some of that could have been cut down. Really, I, I, I love the the horde scene. That that was the issue. Like he got the best scenes. horde scenes. Yeah, he he's there's a specific part where the nurse comes in. Yes, and he tricks him into going to a specific spot. That actually blots out the the, the flashes. Yeah. yeah, the light. So he's able to stay the beast for like fucking three seconds. To to interrupt real quick, what what John's talking about is that uh, again, in order to subdue the beast or the horde's character, is that again, as some of you may know that are listening, the horde has about twenty three personalities. Twenty four. I don't even think that's including the beast. It's probably. including the beast. Oh, because the beast is the twenty fourth yes. personality. Okay, thank you. All right. With that being said, so what this psych ward is able to do is that they found some hypnotic strobe lights that they can flash, and every time it flashes hard enough, it causes uh, Kevin uh, Wendell Crumb's characters to be able to shift personalities instantaneously when that happens. And so that's the only way they're able to subdue him. So if the beast happens to appear randomly, then they flash the lights, and then the beast will go away, and then it'll be some shuffled character that happens to come out of Kevin Wendell Crumb. And so that does happen. Again, as John was talking about, there's a male nurse that gets called into the room to help out, again, James McAvoy's character or characters, if you will. And then, again, um, Patricia, is what, was that the first personality he runs into? I don't think I could that be was wrong Patricia. About I, don't, I think it, it may have been Dennis. I think, or... actually, it might have been Jade, which is another female character that was slightly Ooh. part of, uh, it was a VOD, a video. Um, or I'm sorry, a vlog, if you will, from a split. Yeah. There is one female character that he plays as, and it, and the final name is Jade. And okay. that he brought her back for this movie, if I'm not mistaken. Oh okay. wow, okay. And which nice. is why she had a, an American accent, I believe, instead of an English accent. Pardon me. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that happens. Yes. <laughs> which is great. I thought that that really showed that they're not only like kind of doing random things, but they're smart. Yeah, and and they, and they have a, a game plan ultimately. Which yeah. is to bring the the beast out, yep, and into the light, quote unquote. So that was a great scene, but then there were other little scenes that I just felt could have been cut down a bit. Well, what would you say made the scene great? I don't think we really touched on that. Well, just showing how smart the actual characters are, the different personalities, and how they're learning to work with each other. Because yeah. throughout that specific scene, I believe that she says, ten of us still believe." Yeah. Yes, that might even have been later on after that. Actually, yeah. So I, I think that was more towards the. Uh, final battle scene actually yeah because when i i feel like when split was happening you just kind of got there was three of them that wanted the beast and then everybody else was kind of against it but this one you actually hear there are several believers now yes so one objective of the psychiatrist lady that we've been talking about is that she has only a few days given to her three days to be able to yeah three days to be able to convince kevin wendell crumb that he is sane and that there is only one personality, which is he within his body and mind and concept and all of that is his um his dementia is not real, so to speak, if you will. Or is a uh, DID. Is that what they call yeah, in the D-I-D. movie? DID. Exactly. Did. <laughs> he done did it. But uh, yeah, so th- th- <laughs> that is the case. 
But the thing is, I forgot where I was going to go. I lost my train of thought. Anyway, well, uh, she was trying to do that with all the characters to convince yes. them that they that these supernatural abilities is, is it's all in their head. It's Perfect. not real, yeah. right? Ex- yes, thank you very much. So th- that is part of it, and I appreciated that. And and you start to believe her because okay, the, the thing is that the psychiatrist has the thought that. Um, Anya Taylor Jones, I believe I, I, I'm probably butchering her last name. I thought it was Jones. And either way, the actress from the from the movie Split, the lead actress who gets tortured throughout that whole movie and and I guess harassed throughout the, throughout that whole movie, she comes back into the movie into this movie Glass, and she the psychiatrist has an idea that she's the only one to be able to talk Kevin Wendell Crumb into being the only personality within his body anymore. And so she goes to visit him. And again, all the other personalities come out. You get some charming scenes with Hedwig, which is the nine-year-old character, which I loved in this movie. That's my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. That That was was pretty pretty awesome. Um, So the reason she goes to visit him in the first place, and I I really liked this, was she's specifically there for Kevin Wendell Crumb. She's the only human contact that that persona has had in who knows how many years because we see that in split when he takes the light he says kill me and he says kill (laughs) me yeah so she it feels like the only reason she even wants to see him in the first place is specifically for him yes because she feels bad and she wants to help him she realizes they're good there is good somewhere deep inside yeah so I, I mean, no, I no, that. that was that was the pretty way, much her motivation. The, the to way be they brought included. her in was smooth. Yes, yeah, exactly. I thought that made sense. She was a lot braver than I expected her to be, though. Like any other person in the real world, probably would never go anywhere near someone that was about to murder them. Yes, at the end of Split, spoilers if you haven't seen Split. Is Why that are you listening to this, Kevin? If, Wendell, if you haven't seen Split, exactly. You you probably have no business watching the movie. No offense, Glass. If you haven't seen Split, at least. Uh, for yeah. that matter, yeah, I can see living Large without Unbreakable, but Split is a big part of this movie to a I degree. I agree, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I mean, both movies are kind of essential. Um, but as she was a lot braver and determined than any real person I feel would be, whether or not the serial killer left her alone or not, you know, by the end of the of Split, that is. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, without a doubt. Like, she was really trusting in the fact that she was going to be okay, and the fact that she wasn't traumatized and shell-shocked to the point to where she would... I would never want to be anywhere near anyone near like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I were about to be murdered by someone like that, maybe this is a little too hypothetical, if you will, but I'm just saying, I think any real person would never do that. Of which course. she did. This is one of the, I thought her involvement was pretty smooth. Like John was, was okay. saying, yeah. but there's a couple other characters where I'm like, I don't understand your motivations here or like what your like what's, what's the end goal here? <laughs> no, I, I I can agree with that for sure. But I'm jumping ahead. There's one moment in particular where I'm like, just like you could have Anya Taylor Joy. That's the name of the actor. I'm sorry. Continue. Um, but you anyway, have. okay. We've been we've been we've been dancing around this whole the the, the scene, the scene where the, all three of them are in the same room, which is yes. the best scene I think in my opinion. I think so too because that's a scene where scene. they can they start. He, she really starts planting the seed in the characters and in the audience's head that maybe these abilities are all made up. Like with um, Kevin yeah. Wendell Crumb's character, and he's explaining like, oh, um, you were able to climb walls. I saw some some videos on your computer about like mountain climbers. Or, that, can, that can climb like almost flat objects or, yeah, or shapes. Exactly. Yeah. And then the bars that you bent down in the in the zoo, those were very, those were the built old. in like the 1960s. I was able to bend them with a wrench. If not even older. Yeah. With yeah. some pressure she was able to. Exactly. But, but still, I, one thing I had that I was skeptical of, I feel you and I loved that scene because it was like, it made me question, is this even real? Yep. Or is yeah. it just a psychosis? Is it just a condition mm-hmm. where they feel like they're 
so special that they can do were this. They on you know drugs. what I mean? Were they on drugs? Was PCP a part of this project? <laughs> <laughs> but um, the thing is, like, if she were to use like a monkey wrench, for example, to be able to ply those those uh, bars apart, that would still take an enormous amount well, of pressure than human bones and muscle are capable. Well, of, see, here she I mean? said that actually. She said, "Difficult, yes, but possible." Yes. Yeah. True. And and here's the thing: she plays with. Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. What was I gonna say? Well, you were talking about how she leads towards disbelief towards their conditions. Yeah, like we really at, at this point in the movie, at least for me. Yeah. I started to think. Is is everything that we've seen these characters do so far? Is it is it really what happened? Yeah. Or yeah. Is yeah. it really in their heads? Uh, well, I mean, you know what I mean. Like I thought, like I, at this point, I started to question where the movie was going to go. Was like, it even as it... strong? As, yeah, yeah. I, I feel, I feel you. Did the scenes play out the way they really did? Exactly. You know, or, yeah, I feel you. So at this point, I really didn't know what to expect going forward. I see. For me, I was battling inside. I was like, no, but we've seen all these other scenes. That's what I mean. I had that movies. thought too. Obviously, they happened. Why doesn't she believe them? I was so stubborn. I, I I just continued to want to believe. That's anyway. what I mean. I had that thought too, but also I, I it had it in the back of my mind. Like, but did did we really see? Did we see it through the characters' eyes and not through reality's eyes? If sure. that makes sense. Well, the one thing that that made me want to believe is that you know in the in the movie split, the psychiatrist of Kendall Wendell Crumb's um Kevin Wendell Crumb's uh, personalities, she mentions in her like TED talk, if you will, her conference call that she takes on Skype, is that you know one personality can have have high blood pressure, the other one can be a Russian weightlifter that can lift weights you know uh, three times their body weight, if not more. You know what I mean? But even in that movie, she's kind of portrayed as being one of the few that still have this belief, that even with this evidence that she's still in the minority while, yes. while we're on this subject just a fun fact i'm sure you guys remember this Go but on. uh kevin asks her or the horde says what'll happen when you die and she says there's somebody else who'll take over so i wonder if the psychiatrist that was, was my thought. was that somebody else yes that was my I thought was wondering exactly. that too, yeah. but they didn't reference that which i'm surprised about but i wonder if that was the the nod that we the just never got the you. connection of there was no true connection you're right yeah but i i thought that was that before Glass came out, I assumed that that was her. At the time, the first time I watched Split, I didn't know who it was. I liked the idea of the mystery. Mm-hmm. But watching it a second time for this podcast, I realized, yeah, it's probably the psychiatrist lady, even though they never made that reference in Glass itself, if you will. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good point. So, yes, as, as you guys mentioned, um, we are starting to question any belief towards uh, Mr. Glass having some super, some sort of super intellect, if you will, or a strategy for that matter. Uh, if, if the Horde or a.k.a. the Beast is even as strong as he thinks he is, if David Dunn, Unbreakable, the Overseer, is as strong as he thinks he is either. Yeah. And so that kind of throws the universe and everything we thought we knew upside down for a while. And oh, he yeah. seems like the most sane. So, yeah, definitely. so the second he started to question himself was when I started to question yep. myself. Yeah, the moral compass got thrown off because at even that point. Samuel Jackson just kind of seems out there, and, you know. Yeah. Until even when he gets, you know, you realize. Okay, should we jump into that? I feel like that's the next yeah. real logical plot point. Step. Yeah, go ahead. Well, there's this cool scene. Where um, while Mr. they're still Glass, admitted to this hospital, while they're still in this hospital, Mister Glass actually goes out and talks to. Um, we we find out that he's actually been, uh, been scamming the the facility. He he's not sedated like he's let he he's been tricking them into thinking that he's sedated when he's actually not. He's he's very much aware and he's very functional. So he, yeah. he goes to visit um 
uh, Kevin Wendell Crumb to talk about his whole his whole multiple personality thing and more specifically about the beast. The beast yep. And so he does this. He, he, he gathers some more information. He makes a deal. Uh, he's still skeptical, by the way, about the beast. He, I think he says something along the lines of, if the beast is real, then I'll get us out of here tomorrow yes. night. And he's um, talking to Patricia. Yes, Patricia, the high priestess. Oh, yes. and also, speaking of which, in this scene, it's revealed that she's having doubts now. After having which that three... Yeah, yeah. Yes. like she wasn't Be- sure if the beast was... Because, again, the, the talk with the psychiatrist, she, it was pretty convincing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. God, such a good scene. Seriously. Um, watch it to really get justification of that she scene. She fucked yeah. their shit up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it- yeah, there's something I forgot to mention earlier. So... Earlier in the movie, the psychiatrist lady, uh, I think one of the first conversations she, ha- she has with uh, with Mr. Glass, um, she says that you you were too smart for everybody in this facility. I've installed cameras everywhere in this facility. So, like, just, just keep tabs on him. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of comes into play right now because he – well, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So he go he, after speaking to uh, Kevin Wendell Crumb – uh, saying that tomorrow night, if he's real, uh, will I'll get us all out of here. He goes back to his uh, to his chambers, whatever you want to call him. He goes room, back to his room, his hospital room, and he's abruptly woken up and seems very startled. And uh, the psychiatrist lady, said, oh, we jumped, we skipped the whole, we skipped the whole thing. He you, was scheduled to have, if you want to. he it's was scheduled to have a lobotomy, basically, or at least remove the part of his brain his frontal lobe that yeah. thinks that a he's a superhero. It's pretty much a lobotomy, <laughs> yeah, except yeah. he wouldn't be a vegetable afterwards. They swear up and down that he would still have the same personality, but he would, uh, it would take away all the notions that he has about superheroes being real and whatnot. Um, so anyway, uh, he gets woken up. And the psychiatrist says, we saw you on the cameras. Uh, this Your lobotomy, whatever, is scheduled for tomorrow. We're moving it up to today because you can't be trusted. Yeah. And so the p- procedure goes forward as as, as planned. Um, and so the next scene we see is Mr. Glass back in his room. Uh, it looks to be heavily sedated once again, or at least non-responsive. You're, yeah. Because uh, of the procedure, you exactly. would think it actually worked. Exactly, and then the 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 fit dude, the the fit male nurse guy, the the healthy the health nut dude. Yeah, yeah. he comes in and he's talking to him, and he's just the like, "It's okay, great. man. Yep. You get yep. used to it." Or <laughs> and then just wah, he just uh, Mr. Glass just sl- uh, slashes his neck. He has a piece of shattered glass yep. that he shatters that he slices his throat yeah. with. Yeah, and then we find out that he actually <laughs> planned for them to catch him. And move up his lobotomy. Well, the way they showed it to that scene, I that was, was the only funny. person who like, laughed. He's like, "Woo!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty funny too. He's like, "Look at me!" <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. But he acted so he he planned for it, and he actually removed the the piece uh, a piece of the equipment that was gonna be used to lobotomize him to basically render it useless. Yes. So he let everybody think that it happened when it really didn't. Yes. Which I thought was yeah. a pretty great scene for sure. Like you, realize- it definitely plants the seed of just how smart he is and how ahead of everybody he is. Oh yeah, which he's comes always ahead of play. the curve every mm-hmm. time, every time. And you realize that more as the movie goes on. To not to spoil too much, we are in spoilers, but one step we're at getting a time. there. Yep, one step at a time. So then again, you realize that yes, that is the case. And then he again, his objective. Um, sorry, Mister Glass's objective that is is to get the horde and David done. To ultimately meet because his idea is that there's going to be this huge ending to where the hero and the villain clash and it's his job as the as one of the main villains to be able to make that happen. Not only that they meet, but that they meet 
where people will see them. Yes, where they, they mentioned see them. something. They actually bring it up. I don't know if you guys caught it earlier in the movie. Um, when David Dunn first goes home, he turns on the radio and they mention the Osaka Tower. Yeah. And so that comes into play. Uh, Mr. Glass sees a magazine talking about the Osaka Tower, which is going to be like the largest a tower in the world in or the city. Yeah. So it's, was that it's, a nod to the Twin Towers? It the, looked like the, the, the Twin Towers, built, but so. I honestly don't know. But it could have been. I, I kind of, maybe it's just me being a Bruce Willis fan. I, I kind of thought of a Naka, uh, Nakatomi Plaza from Die Hard. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um, but who knows? That's just my, that's just me speculating. And that's that's a movie it. buff. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he, his plan is to get them both to have a showdown at the grand opening of this building so that everybody can see that these people exist, that superhumans are real. Now, Mr. Glass says something that made me really, really excited that never went through. Sorry, spoilers. But he he talks to Dunn through like a mic and he tells him, you've only used 1% of your power because you've only yes. really dealt with hoodlums and yes. people are stealing cars. Yeah. And he said, this guy is going to make you get to your full potential. Right. Yes. That made me a little wet. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I was like, I, I was thinking... What does this mean? Because I what wanted, is it going to look like? Yeah, I wanted to know how strong uh, Dunn was. Like, mm-hmm. how, you know, I, yeah. I, that's what yeah, I was yeah. hoping for. I, I'm not hoping for like a great superhero movie, but I wanted to see him get pushed to his limit. There's even a scene where I forget which character said it might have been Anya Taylor Joy's character or his son's character, which said even in the first issue, Superman couldn't fly. Yep. Yeah. And so it made me wonder, like, wait, does is this like a it, a wink and a is, nod. Is this not a wink and a nod towards what the heck the overseer can do? I don't know. And then you know we eventually get to what he can do. Um, kind of. I mean. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. <sighs> Moving on. So yeah. Um, so Mister, where were we? Okay, Mister Glass. Um, he wants the showdown. He wants the showdown, and so he does exactly what he said he was going to do. Um, he he go. He takes. He frees. Kevin Wendell Crumb, the Horde, Beast, whatever you want to call him, and takes him to to some some room in the facility that's empty and asks to see the Beast. Like he he says, like let let's see um, if this is real. If this is real, and as soon as the Beast is is revealed, is released, and he starts climbing on the walls, Mister Glass <laughs> is like, "Holy fucking shit! <laughs> right, this this, this, this is legit." Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. And, well, well, I I will say this just. To get in before we get to the ending of this movie, I will say that the uh, there's a lot of depth to this ending too. Uh, what's that? There's a lot of depth to this ending. Yeah, quite a bit. I I, I agree. And is that the the psychiatrist that's in charge of all of them tells uh, Mr. Glass that you know no matter what you do, she kind of believes that even though he acts like he isn't very cognizant, she still I think in the back of her mind believes that something's still going on that there's brain activity before he even gets caught. You know, in yeah. that she's like, I have a hundred cameras all around this facility. So any move you make, they will always see you. Yeah, Peter brought, brought that, that up. up earlier. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. I'm so sorry. He ignored you, Peter. Yeah, I no completely shit. ignored you. Phasing you yeah, out. No Your yeah. sentence was irrelevant. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Moving on. I've got a couple over beers. Here now. Hey, Jay. I'm so sorry. Away from the mic. We've been looking <laughs> <in> the <laughs> Nobody's listening, apparently. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Except for John. Please continue. I had no I'm idea. I'm always listening, baby. Did not even notice. I'm going to be embarrassed. I'll be your horde. When I listen back, I'm going to be very embarrassed. Continue. Uh, okay, so the horde is revealed uh, to Mister Glass. Mister, uh, they make a pact. Yes. Uh, uh, say, what was the pact exactly? I, for, I forget. 
that he was going to show the world that's that, right he could that miss- evolution is real and oh, that the okay. horde will believe that uh, in the beast yeah. Oh, because, not because, only will the horde, the, the horde isn't believing they're them losing anymore. faith yes. because of what the psychiatrist had to yes. say. Yes, exactly. Yes, you are correct. And okay. so the, the but the horde is excited, or the beast is excited because not only will he prove to the world, but he'll also again, like you guys mentioned, he'll gain the faith back of the horde, which is probably most important to him. First and foremost, you know they that's where he came from. Well, it allows him to keep the light. Yes, because you find out throughout Split in this movie that there's a light that they each get a turn of. Which, well, maybe this is jumping too far behind, but there is a scene with Anya Taylor-Joy's character where she goes to visit uh, uh, Kevin Wendell Crumb in the, in the psychiatric ward. And, you know, it's different characters. You get Hedwig, of course. You get some Patricia, I believe. You even get, um, what's the other character I'm looking for? I'm looking Dennis. At? Dennis, thank you. And, uh, you know, you get all those main characters again, but then you also get Kevin Wendell Crumb for a moment. But the thing that kind of surprised me was that Kevin Wendell Crumb doesn't want anything to do with the light. He actually just there. I, I think that goes t- to why he has so many personalities to begin with is that he's pushing away from the light. He doesn't want to be a part of it. He wants yep. no conscientious nature whatsoever. And I thought I didn't, I didn't really get that vibe from the, from split itself. Yeah. I I'll more agree so he with- wanted to die, but it never said that he never said once, you know, get me out of here. I please take anyone else besides me. I'll agree with you the hundred percent, but the, the way I interpreted it at was maybe in the first movie, he, these multiple personalities were spawned because of his, his upbringing, the, yeah. the abuse that he suffered as a child. And sure, maybe he didn't want these personalities to begin with, but they just kind of happened. But after the events of split, after he's lost years of his life and he like these other personalities were kind of taking over i think after the events of that movie is when he's just like i don't even want to be a part of this anymore right yeah like this is so far gone from what i'm con- able to control exactly i don't yeah i'd rather not be alive or mm-hmm. whatever and I, th- that actually makes a great point yeah because he's, he's a criminal but unintentionally completely right it's kind of sad really and it makes me it wonder really why is. he his even though he seems to be a pretty innocent guy to a degree, why all of his personalities seem to be, or at least a vast majority of them seem to be leaning towards like a dark, like towards the darkness, well, I suppose. I don't really understand all, that. They, they, it, they all care about Kevin. He's like the main personality and the beast is whole, reason for existing is to protect Kevin. He actually says that a few times. And redemption as well, I would imagine to a degree. Like these whole personas are there to protect him. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there you go. And I guess he kind of maybe likes the comfort of knowing that there are other people there to, I guess, take care of things that he doesn't want to have to, I guess. Right. It's kind of weak from being abused from all the years of his It's like having friends. Like, they're not always going, you're not always going to agree with each other, but at the end, you kind of want what's best for each other. And that's what it feels like these personas want for Kevin. Kevin doesn't want anything to do with it, but everybody else is saying this is for your own good kind of a thing. Not me. I hate you guys. But go on. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, apparently ignoring the things that I'm, oh, the plot that I'm laying it. down. I, to I totally have no recollection of you saying that at all. I'm so sorry. <laughs> he I, stopped himself and he went back to that too. <laughs> I had, I know I stopped the conversation, everything to make a point. I had no idea it was made at all. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple strong beers. I'm so sorry. Let's continue. The Broly Broly episode phasing me out. No, you're just shunning me. I see how it is. The phase out was not my idea, but I'm not saying I don't support it. (laughs) Now he's throwing me under the bus. (laughs) This is about to be the AJ show. I know, right? Is there a secret talk after you guys finish recording that I'm not aware of? (laughs) No, you're good. I'm going to check the files. (laughs) 
<laughs> Let's continue. Anyway, um, where the fuck were we? Well, Can't we were leaning like towards this. the final showdown, I suppose. So he, he escaped. He went down to the basement. Yes, mm-hmm. he uh, yes, it's Mr. Glass's idea to go through the basement specifically, and he uses Kevin Wendell, Kevin Wendell Crumb's uh, personalities. I believe it probably was Patricia yeah. to get him down there to begin with. She's dressed as a nurse, and she's wheelchairing him out of the building. And they get stopped by three security guards, and she tells Mr. Glass, the Beast said, once they get to this point, keep on rolling ahead. Yes. And so she, that was cool. She walks, was cool. she walks away, and she says, I believe, I believe, I believe, which is also another hint that she's, she's losing faith. Yeah. yeah. But, and I love that because it, it just goes to show how ingenious and how manipulative Mr. Glass is because, again, he just wants us to see his idea of destiny come to fruition. And so he kind of just talks the horde into believing that the beast is a thing. You know, I don't even think he fully believes in it. He just wants to hope and see if it's even a thing. And so Patricia, by the end, like you said, John, is like, I believe, I believe, I believe. And the next thing you know, the, the beast appears. Going back a little bit further, there's sure. a small moment uh, earlier when Mr. Glass and the, the Horde first meet that I thought really spoke to Mr. Glass's character, and that's when he meets uh, Hedwig. Oh, when, he, when he when he and he asks him like, "Well, what's like, well, what's my superpower?" Or I love like that. that. And Mr. Scene Glass too. was like, "You're nine years old, right? You're nine years old forever." That seems pretty spectacular to me. Yeah, like it, it's he's just so good at at getting people on his side. Yep. Yeah, he's a charismatic. It was the first time you really see him kind of be nice, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And also, he he does make a good point in that you're nine years old forever and that you kind of get to see the the world for what it really is. Yeah. Which I, I thought was kind of cool because I guess children have no filter. They kind of just, I mean, even though they might be a little naive at the same time, there is no filter. So they kind of just see the world for what it is. Yeah, they're just open to, there's there's no um bias, I don't think, is the point that he's trying yes. to make. They just see what's in front of them. Agreed, for sure. So again, jumping up back ahead again, we do have the horde become the beast as Mr. Glass is trying to wheel away from the security guards that are being distracted by the beast and ultimately are totally crushed and defeated, mm-hmm. which starts to make you believe again as an audience member that maybe the beast is as strong as he is because again, he's able to take on these like at least three men and he's throwing the against the walls easy, yeah. like at some extreme force level mm-hmm. like they're flying from one end of the hall to another right it's kind of crazy to see and again mr glass is doing his diligence by willing forward and from there mr peter so from there he gets to a a computer room it looks like maybe a security room he does some some clickbity in what looks to be like the the source code uh, or of some sort we don't really know what he's doing but he's doing some stuff yeah, you don't. Yeah, actually, that's true. You don't know what's happening. But at he's the time. doing a thing, so he does he's a thing. He's typing on the computer. Yeah. So, while this is all going on, uh, the escape of Mister Glass and, and and the Horde, um, David Dunn's character is trying to break out of his um out of his room, and uh, prior to this, Mister Glass told them that he turned off all the security uh, mechanisms in his room so the water wouldn't come in. So all he would have to do is break down the door. And even at this point, David Dunn is also feeling doubt within himself. He, he's not sure if what he is is real. He doesn't know what to believe anymore. Because of the talk with that psychiatrist that they all had. He exactly. He doubts his own abilities. Exactly. Yeah. But after, but he still makes an attempt to break down the door. And then after after a couple of tries, he notices that he's, he leaves a very large dent. Yes. And that's when Huge. you see him. 
Yeah, very, very big, Which large I started dent. to like. I was getting a little excited at this point. Yeah, yeah. and then you see him uh, kind of start to regain his, his confidence. Speaking of, by the way, speaking of David Dunn's character and just Bruce Willis in general, he did really good in this movie. Yeah. I remember. I think I mentioned it last week that I was afraid he might be. He might. This like might be one of his sleepwalking roles. Yeah, yeah. But he actually, he, you feel it. Yeah. A lot of his yeah. emotions. It wasn't a perfect movie, and again, I don't think we got enough of him as we talked about earlier. Sure. But I'm still glad that yeah, he wasn't totally sleepwalking through this at all. Yep, he was committed to this to yeah. this movie and this this character. But I will say, maybe this is because this is the third movie within this quote unquote trilogy. I felt like he was way better in Unbreakable, though. 100%, I think he just yeah. had way more to do in Unbreakable. Yeah. That, that was, was his all story. About, yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, but uh, anyway, I think it. the next scene... Well, he's breaking down that steel door, and he ends up breaking it down altogether, which is captured by security footage. Mm-hmm. And you find out a little more about that security footage later. Right. So, yeah, moving on. So, he, he the thing is, David Dunn is breaking out of this room, not just because Elijah, a.k.a. Mr. Glass, is telling him to... It's because his whole objective is that if the horde is going to get out of this hospital, I'm the only one that can handle this guy. Everyone else is going to die. No one else can t- take him. Right. And that either adds to his delusion or adds to to the, the possible truth. And so then he, once uh, Elijah and the horde get out, or Mr. Glass, get out of the hospital, David Dunn needs to be there to meet him face to face. Correct. Which does happen. And then also... Another thing, there's so many, there's so much happening towards the like in the third act of this movie. It's it's honestly a lot to cover. So, yeah. David Dunn's son, who was the Alfred earlier in the in the movie, yeah, um, he does some research for Kevin Wendell Crumb, and he discovers something. We don't know what it is just yet, but he learns something about Kevin Wendell Crumb's father, and so he goes His name's back. Clarence. To, Clarence. Clarence. Uh, Crumb, Clarence Crumb, if you will, yeah. Um, so and so he goes back to the facility with this new information that we don't that he doesn't reveal quite yet. Um, All you know is a name. And then also, uh, what was her name? Uh, uh, the the the, the split Anya lady. Taylor Joy. There you go. That's it. She also she does a little bit of research on her own based on like some comic books. She sees one that's very similar to the Beast uh, character. That, yeah. Um. So she also goes to the facility. Also, Mister Glass's mother. Is she's there randomly? She, yeah. yeah, she doesn't well, she, really. She's there to check on her son. Exactly. She's, but she, there's she not. She as, misses a week here and there. There's but. not as much depth to her as the, these other two characters. Yeah. But she is there. Mm-hmm. It, uh, so there's these three support characters. Totally could be his wife, by the way. I felt that from the first Unbra- from Unbreakable too. I just feel like they don't age that actor enough. Yeah, I thought so too. I feel like they they were the same age in my mind. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a little weird. It's not that relevant, but I just it it, it throws me off every time I watch Unbreakable and uh, end this movie now. Yeah, it's like they they look like they're the same exact fucking age. Yeah, I thought that was a little <laughs> weird, but anyway, go anyway, on. I had so, to bring it up. <laughs> so all these three, so these three support characters, each yeah. one of them are a support character for the the main characters, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um. So they're also at this facility while this whole thing is going down. And so, if I'm not mistaken, the next scene is when we actually catch uh, the Beast and Mr. Glass are actually outside of the facility. The yes. Beast is kind of going ham on a few people, like some security guards. Definitely and one there are ham, yeah. security guards. Yeah. Like he ate one like it was ham. Oh, that was pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty dope. Isn't like one of the first thing he does that there's security guards or police officers in a police car, and then he like flips he, like, it over them with sheer might, yep. and then that's when he eats them or something like that? I don't think he eats somebody later on. Yeah, that's, that's right. A they bit had like, like a riot. Well, it's all in the same scene. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. 
It all takes place in the same area. Essentially, like you said, the, the horde goes ham. The beast goes ham. Right. Easy. Mm-hmm. Yes. So anyway, this whole time, Mr. Glass and the horde, they're, they're trying to get to Osaka Tower. And they've already told David Dunn where, that, that that's exactly where they're going to be. And so he's trying to get this showdown to happen at, uh, between the two of them at Osaka Tower. But David Dunn escapes the facility and meets the beast right outside. And this is where their showdown takes place instead. Yes. Who else would like to jump in? I feel like I'm talking a lot. Go ahead, John. Where were we at? Uh, well, this might this may or may not be the boring part that you were talking about, or did you like this fight scene? No, I actually really like the fight. Okay, scene. so, that, so that, that's where we're at. Yeah, right they now. went. He went ham, bit a person's neck. I'm assuming, and then I believe we see Dunn. Yes, yes, that's where we left off. W- well, he Peter. he locks two girls inside of the a car, a van. Yeah, yeah, he like he like puts like a rybar steel pipe in between. No, 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 no. different. The oh, beast. I'm sorry. He he oh. throws two random like nurses inside a van. You are right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the armor truck. So scene. then, uh, I believe the beast and Dunn end up fighting, which is pretty dope. When he does like the dog the, run it was towards like him, like a jaguar kind yeah. of the way run. he came yeah. at him, like on all fours. Yes. And uh, that was pretty crazy. Looking. And how they were hitting each other against the van that the nurses were in. Like you can see how powerful they are right there. Mm-hmm. I, 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 my interpretation was that it was uh, the overseer, Bruce, uh, Bruce Willis' yes. character, punching. And every time he missed the horde, he was punching. He was dents punching into dents. the bus. I, I thought that, that was that, awesome. That was yeah. happening. So I like the that was pretty cool. The way these scenes were shot. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, weren't very like superhero-y, weren't very cinematic. They weren't yeah. wide shots. They weren't like, look at these people trade blows. It was the perspectives that they used were great. This perspective that you're speaking yep. of in particular was from inside the van. And you see the punches going yes. in, yeah. go, going through the van. Mm-hmm. And these nurses reacting the fuck to that. Out. Yeah. yeah. Which was pretty awesome. I agree. All right. Carry on, John. Pardon yeah, me. Yeah. So then they're fighting, but there are times where they're pushing each other against this van. Yes. And you see the van is actually dragging along, which is pretty dope. Because of the dense force. being put in it as well. Yes. And then I believe at that point, cops actually get in between. Yes. And they actually separate them. They're like riot and shields and guns like and it's like four or five people each circling them. They like literally put them in circles. Yeah. And these guys are. Dunn is pretty cool. Like he just pushes them back. He's but not I trying actually, to hurt them. That that scene, I actually laugh with the beast. How he's like <laughs> breaking into the guy's fucking shield, yeah. and the guy's like, "Oh fuck, oh, I'm gonna die!" And then yep. some other random cop starts hitting him, and then he grabs his face, and then he starts slamming it yeah. against. Him. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah, like the the cop smacks him with a nightstick, but the horde doesn't even like flinch. He doesn't give a fuck. He just grabs he picks him, him and up, slams and then him. you go right back to that guy freaking out. And he's just like, yeah. "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> to paint a picture, it was terrible. It was pretty crazy looking. And then I believe this is at the point where Mr. Glass tells him, uh, the Horde, that uh, Dunn's weakness is water. Yes. Yeah. And he said, take him over here. It's his weakness. There's a giant water tank in front of the psychiatric ward. And then that's when the son kind of intervenes and he actually tells him. And this is like the first twist, I guess you can say, of the movie, right? Go ahead. One of many. So you find out that Kevin's father was actually on the train with Dunn. From Unbreakable, from the Unbreakable. first yeah. movie, which is where kind of Unbreakable starts off in that there's this terrible crane, train crash. Um, what Bruce Willis's character is the only one that survives the entire thing. And, and again, in that movie, you realize that there are other accidents and incidents that Bruce Willis is a part of that he survived multiple things of yes. unscathed, ultimately. So there's a lot of layers to this reveal. Number yes. one, um, Kevin Wendell Crumb 
looks to Mr. Glass and is like, you're the reason my father never came home. You're the reason that I am. I'm like this. Yep. And even Mr. Glass, he kind of has this sort of, he already, it seems like he already knew. No, yeah, because he tells the son, don't tell him. Oh, that's right. Don't tell him already. Yeah. Yeah. So he kind of already knows his role in this whole thing. He says something along the lines like, I create. I created you. I created both of you. That this is my role. I create. He's he's like scared and proud at the same time. Yeah. And then Kevin Wendell Crumb, the beast, the beast kind of like punches him in the chest, which to a normal human being would be pretty painful, let alone this character whose bones are like glass. Exactly. So, so he's ultimately like internal bleeding completely. Yeah. Yeah. So right after this, he kind of, uh, this is when the overseer, uh, kind of intervenes again and they start going at it once more leaving Elijah kind of just to slowly die from his wounds, uh, right. pr- presumably. And the beast takes him into the water. That's right. This yes. is where they have... He throws him into that huge water tank, water reservoir, if you will. Yep. Yeah. And they have that cool fight, which is underwater pretty great. fight scene, yeah. which is pretty like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? Like, I kind of thought it was a little silly. I, again, I, I will just say this off the bat. I enjoyed the movie very much, but I thought this was kind of silly. Like, I, I thought yeah. from, from someone... That was that would be in that scene, or just someone that happened to walk by a psych ward and be like, "Those two grown men are fighting in a water tank. That's kind of weird." Walk along. <laughs> I just thought that would be kind of weird to witness, but, it but was that's a what cool I like about this whole though. universe is that it's very, still very much. It really pushes the boundaries between what's what's possible and what isn't. Like it's still grounded sure. in reality as much as you can be with these more types of characters. More than Marvel and DC movies for yes. sure. Yeah, it's closer exactly. It's yeah. closer to reality than your standard over the top comic movie it's of nowadays. It's more gritty and believable. Exactly. Slightly. Yeah. Only cuz you you disbelieve kind of what's going on the entire time and hope for the best that it's real and yet you don't know if it is. Rather in a DC and Marvel movie you're expected to just have a suspension well, of disbelief the entire time. The world itself, though, too, is skeptical. I guess. Yeah, they don't. Well, nobody knows that superheroes are real. They're comics, yes. and people think comics are are comics. As it, simple as that. Very good. That's point. another reason why I think it's very grounded. Is for that yeah. simple fact that it's like saying there's a superhero among us now. Yes. Like you're gonna say you're full of shit. You're yeah. There isn't. What the fuck? I'm just kidding. Right? <laughs> Tell me, Iron Man isn't real? Right. Get the fuck out of here. Why do we start this podcast? What? <laughs> uh. So, yeah, that fight scene was yes. kind of fun. But then this is when the movie kind of, like, it went up and down for me. Okay. Because, and to go back to what I said in the past, a couple minutes ago. Go ahead. How do you top one twist ending by throwing three more on top of it? <laughs> well, uh, they're, they're still in the water tank for now. Well, n- well they, they, get, they get they get out. You f- they get out. Well, David Dunn punches his way D- out. David Dunn, yeah, he, he's able to smack the side of this tank until eventually it bursts open. They fly out of it. And twist number two, uh, Peter, you want to? Oh, boy. Well, okay. Twist number two <laughs> is we, uh, what's her name? Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy. I think her name's Cassie in the movie. That's her character's Something name. Something like that. Yeah, Cassie, um, Anya Taylor-Joy. She, um, Casey the, the, Cook. The, the, the Beast is about to go run to Osaka Tower uh, and tells David Dunn to like meet me there. Yeah. But before he can, he can, uh, her, Kate, Ka- Cassie. Casey Cook. Casey Cook. Whatever, um, <laughs> uh, he she stops him yes. and he like, grabs his arm and while he's the beast, while he's the beast, and kind of has this heart to heart, like t- trying to talk to Kevin. She, she she starts saying his name, Kevin Wendell Crumb, 
Um, this is the only thing that makes the character break yeah, into back to credit. Exactly. And makes so, him revert back to his original self. Exactly. So she's trying to bring him back. She's trying to stop him. She's like, she says something along. She has this real heart to heart where she's like, I know there's good in you or something yeah. like that. She ends up like wrong. holding him. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. And she like hugs him. And the beast is fighting. She, he's like, no, like Kevin needs me. Like, he, he, like, no, like, he doesn't want to revert back. He's trying to fight it. Um, but eventually Kevin does come back. Um, he says something. I don't remember. Do you remember and, uh, what he says? In a long story short, he, he he's becomes going to give up the light again. That's yeah, right. That's he what says, he but he becomes Kevin Wendell Crumb again. And then twist. And then twist. Oh boy, what a twist! We see here's the twist. A red dot, like a, a behind um Cassie's hair, and then she, then the beast notices, and then Cassie moves out of the way, and we see a sniper. On a, on like a van in the distance and shoots Kevin. Yes. In the in like the right gut in the or gut, something. Yeah. Essentially, like in his kidneys or liver. Yeah. Yeah. And so we he goes down. The camera pans over to the sniper and we see on his arm a, a tattoo of a clover. Yes. 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 And then it's like near his wrist. He, or they they really put an emphasis. They really want you to see this clover. And I really remember when clover, I saw yeah. it, I thought that's it means interesting. Yeah, it's that means something. Out, yeah. Um, but we don't know what it is quite yet. So he goes down. Kevin Wendell Crumb is Kevin bleeding, Wendell Crumb bleeding, is bleeding out. out. Uh, and then Glass, uh, Mr. Glass is still kind of on the ground, uh, writhing in pain. Yeah. Yeah. And He's slowly dying. Slowly dying. His mother's there trying to comfort him. And then the psychiatrist lady comes up and says, let me see what I can do. And kind of takes has, has her taken off to the side. And she tells him pretty much what's her role in this has been the entire time. She says, you were close. Yeah. So apparently she's part of a secret society yeah. that keeps supers under wraps. They've like been around. Well, humans. Hold on. Before we even get to that, what happens to David Dunn? No, well, that doesn't happen yet. Beforehand. Does that happen before? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay. I guess I, I thought we didn't see her. No, you, this is revealed. This later. No, no, no. Well, you do after. Oh, okay. Pardon me. Continue. So, yeah, she, the, she's part of a secret society that's yes. been around for thousands of years. Um, that's been, and she she makes a point to say we're neither good nor bad. We yes. keep the balance. The world can't know that we exist. We we prevent either side from being uh, revealed. I like this twist personally a lot. I liked every twist. It made to me be sad, but. It was a good twist. I will agree with John because even me, like even having an, even though I enjoyed pretty much every bit of this third act, it was still like, fuck, this movie is long. Yeah. It's still going. Anyway, it had great ideas. It had great ideas. If anything, I feel like the the final fight scene was the dragging part for me only because I just felt like it could have been shot way better. But I think I I like the movie a lot except for the final fight scene. There's a scene coming up that I'm going to say I felt dragged. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on. Differences in opinions. Yes, I think there's exactly. some stuff in the second act that could have been cut. But anyway. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So, she's she reveals. So, she's explaining to him that she's part of this secret society that's been around for thousands of years. That he was he was, he was, was almost there. He was almost correct in his idea about that comic books were based on some form of reality that yes. happened long ago. Um, and so, she kind of, I think she says something like, you can, you can take solace in that, that you were almost right. And. She kind of just leaves him to die at that point. And that's when she goes to David Dunn and being drowned, who's being drowned by these, these 
this society, this, the same people that shot um, Kevin Wendell Crumb. The reason why he's able to be drowned so easily is because he already was drowning in this huge tank that he was fighting the beast in. And so as soon as, before he could even recover, his face was near like a puddle in the street anyway, correct? Yes. No, they yes. drag his body to the pool. Well, there is, oh, okay. yeah. But still, he was he was still recovering from yeah, that fight. From the anyway. He's already in a weakened state because of the fact that he was submerged underwater. So he can't really fight back. And so he's dragged to this puddle and he's being drowned by these people. Yes. But before he does, um, the, the psychiatrist lady goes up to him and pretty much tells him tells him the same thing she says reach grab my hand you see the same tattoo yes and the guy that's drowning him has the same tattoo. has the as same well. tattoo and then that's when you see that she's in some sort of a restaurant and it's the the doors close and then everybody just kind of like stops and like like this is when the someone society. important walks in yeah some everyone has their attention or he yeah. they have their their attention yeah. and then yeah. you find out she's not really that bad of a person she no. wants she wants to save them because yes. she actually says the first step is to make them believe that they're crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then the second step is the machine. And last resort is to actually kill these what, metahumans. What was the machine she was talking about? That to, the about? lobotomy machine. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, like, is that the point of it? I was wondering, is, it, is that something that wasn't even alluded to yet? I was excited. But yeah, it was that machine. To know that it was just the lobotomy, so that kind of sucks. She, but it makes sense. She, in the long run, was actually trying to save them. And, and I loved oh, yeah. her... her her explanation was that, you know, even though you're good and then there's bad, the thing is when you two clash, it becomes a, a catastrophe, so to speak. And she know? says something like when it's there's par- it's a paraphrase, when there's one side, yes. someone from the other side appears, something yes. like that. Yeah, like, so the other appears. Exactly. And then it's even revealed later on in a later scene where she actually she's back in this secret society restaurant type place where yep. she says, uh, we're not murderers, and they, yeah. they, they, that it was real. Also, yeah. what she was witnessing. Yes, I, maybe even that the society was skeptical, but then she confirmed that what was happening was real. I didn't catch that part. Oh no, no I she, just assumed that they they all knew it was real. Well, she she does say the word real, like that they, they were real or whatever. She did actually say that. Hmm. Yeah, they does. were real. But I think I just kind of maybe because they on. always have hunches, well, but this one came true. The society's obviously real. Mm-hmm. Superheroes are obviously real because. Even Mr. Glass says it's it's true. You yeah, know, comic books are the history of it. Yes, but I think she was just confirming with them that this, these three cases, this particular case, were real. Yes. but I think they already know there are others. Oh no, yeah, I, I, of course. Otherwise, right. they wouldn't have been doing it. And for then thousands she asks, and she says, "Can I go to the next city? Yes, or the next case?" But mm-hmm. there's, but there's twist. more twists. Well, ultimately, so, David Dunn's character drowns. David Dunn's character is killed. This, if you can, this is twist number two. I Which would think. Which hurt the most? I think. Yeah, I, I was, was like, like, holy what? shit! They're actually gonna fucking kill him. Yeah, they. He's dead. And then Mr. Glass dies. Kevin Wendell Crumb also succumbs to his his gunshot wound. All three of the main characters die. The the, the sniper said she got him to change. We took the shot, and yeah, he died. Because exactly. otherwise, his body would have been probably would have been able to yeah, withstand the sniper shot. Yes, exactly. Which is crazy because again, you realize it was real all along. Yep. Mm-hmm. His body was able to take any damage. You know, it was it was cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm sorry. Moving on. So the epilogue progresses, <laughs> and we see um, the psychiatrist lady who's kind of just going. She's a, she's going through a comic book shop. Um, she. Uh, by the way, it's worth mentioning that the three. Um, the three supporting characters for each of these main superhero characters. The mother of Mr. Glass. Mm-hmm. They also. were all present for this thing, but it feels like they didn't 100% know about this society. 
Well, because why, why, why would because they? the son exactly because the son I don't think the son witnessed his father being no drowned. he didn't yeah. well remember right after it happened so he freaks out when he starts pushing the guys that drowned him yeah but well, I he wonder probably if, doesn't I, believe I wonder if he thought that maybe they didn't save him because it is weird that yeah they all for some reason didn't I, I yeah, that, that that is a little bit of a plot hole well, I well he say. does say pri- it prior where they are in that moment prior they. They do sort of. They, the prior to him, uh, to the the secret society grabbing Dunn and then leading him to the puddle to to then drown him. Yeah. The, his, he the son even says like, "Oh, my father's weak. Like you need to help him go." And then they kind of like take him away. Um, so and maybe that's he's when, mad that they didn't actually save him. Perhaps. But why wouldn't you look, go run to your father as he's drowning well, and he's being, try to help he's him? He's being carried off by, by like by these the society. Oh, okay, yeah. fair yeah. enough, fair enough. I guess so. But it, either way, as you were saying, Peter. Anyway, the, the three significant others, so to speak, I guess, if you will, the, the, the supporting characters of the main characters. Yes, exactly. So, so Mr. Glass's mother, Anya Taylor Joy, which believed in the in the Beast mm-hmm. and Kevin Wendell Crumb to begin with, right. the son of David Dunn. Yes. So the psychiatrist lady is going through the comic book shop and then uh, she assuming presumably doing some research since now we know that she she's aware that these are like loose adaptations of actual history. Um, and then she overhears a couple of uh, people in the in the shop say something along the lines of like he's the mastermind he's always two steps ahead yes even when you don't think even he when is. you don't yes. think he is and i love that a lot actually. god i really love i was this like what too. is that wait wait what does that mean though why are they emphasizing that and then and then we get a, a, an internal monologue from the psychiatrist piecing everything that had happened together and it turns out that Miss Mr. Glass was indeed ahead of everybody the entire time. And a the, twist. And a twist, which Don sounds like he was not a fan of. <laughs> Go on. Talk to us, Don. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have an issue with it. I just, there was just a lot of twist. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan I, I, twisted I, himself out. For there sure. was a lot. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. I don't th- I like the endings. It just, he set it all up to be twist after twist after twist after twist. You, there mm-hmm. are definitely layers, as was mentioned earlier, for sure. So to, many layers. To this movie. So, so, so Mr. Glass's actual plan was to reveal themselves, to, to reveal uh, the, 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 the supers, fight all along, the and fight. their abilities all along. But the thing is, he said it was going to be at the Osaka Towers. But that was just a distraction. Yes. yes. The thing is that, as Peter mentioned, which I completely ignored earlier, was that she had all those hundreds of cameras installed around the facility and that it's all being filmed right there in front of the facility where it all happened, where the fight went down all along. And yes, so this psychiatrist goes to yes. the that computer room that Elijah was in earlier, and then it's she's talking to the tech guy there, yes. and it's revealed that all of the cameras were live streaming to a private, so to a, to a private yes. server, server somewhere. Sure. Um, so all everything that had happened like was recorded and yes. sent someplace. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's also worth mentioning that they covered up the whole thing. They even talked to the people that worked yeah. at the facility. They were like, Oh, these people, they were everything that you saw. It was, they were all on drugs, all this supernatural yeah, shit. Drugs. They it's, were just on PCP. Better to keep it. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> Essentially. Um, and keep it between us. Like it's a whole thing. So they covered up the entire thing Rick um, James very Bush. neatly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that is until, of course, this revelation happens and they realize that... Until the, Elijah put his feet on the couch. This is... Yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and so it's then revealed... Dave Chappelle reference. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's then revealed that that all three of these supporting characters are the ones that got this video footage. That, yes. So Elijah set it up so that it would be live streamed and that it would be sent to these three people. Yeah. 
And so they take this footage and release it online. Yes. They release everything they to the world. They go to like a train station, presumably the same train station where um, David Dunn oh. was supposed to have returned from. From Unbreakable? From in Unbreakable. Uh, where he first finds that generous That's just what I apple. presumed. Yeah. No, get, that's a fair call. Yeah. I like that. Then we get the Men in Black ending. And then we get the Men in Black ending. That's how I By see, that I, you mean? See, <laughs> well, then you get them the... Epic music playing, and then the pan out, and then the pan out. <laughs> well, yeah, well, well, and then also, go ahead, go ahead, please. I couldn't, couldn't help but notice that there's a statue of like a Hawkman figure in the back of this train really? station. It is like a man with like eagle wings and stuff, and okay. I just thought that was a pretty cool like visual. It's uh, in there cue. for a reason, exactly yeah. for like the, the supers, like people actually being it's like ascending f- almost. I oh, see. Oh, I see. Shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, again, what they're talking about is that yes. Yeah, so, so these three characters got emailed this footage, and from there they released it online for everyone to be able to see. They're all waiting at a train station, wondering, you know, are people even going to notice this? And then, not long after that. Excuse me. You start seeing everybody look at their look at their phones, mm-hmm. and they're all seeing footage of what happened. There's you know the fight scene in front of the psych ward. There's, There's all David sorts Dunn of David Dunn bending a steel bar to to protect those cops that he put in that steel uh, in the, that container. He locked them inside mm-hmm. of a container so that way the beast couldn't easily get to them or they couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it just and it also shows David Dunn breaking down the steel door with his bare body just yep. to get out. And it just re- it it goes to show that and ends up on the news. Yes, and yeah, it, by the end of the movie, the news is playing it now. There's something I forgot to mentioned earlier it's pretty cool mr glass there's foreshadowing to this whole thing going down there's a moment where he's lying there after he gets hurt by the beast he says he tells his mom yes. that this was an origin story all along this was never the climax it, it wasn't it wasn't yes yes exactly. like so he knew what the end game was going to be it wasn't the a limited time. edition it was it was it an was origin an origin story. Story. and then i believe the an origin story of superheroes i guess I, in the modern day is that what the origin story well, is well now that see that's the other thing that whose origin story is it that's what i was superheroes. i thought that was going to be that's superheroes what i think superheroes. of the world yeah. in modern day because right? now whoever okay, yes. because just to reference back in unbreakable he said there can be people out there, and they would never even know. Which they was would David never Dunn. question it. Yeah. Yes. So I think that was the whole point. And then it also ties into him being this creator of of superheroes. Yes. He's like the the one that that he has a purpose, Mama. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He, he wasn't made it a mistake. Happen. It makes me sad that he's kind of gone already. But and, and the, it's okay, so good. I love the way everything just kind of came full circle, like it, the whole thing. I it loved really it did. so much. I ha- I felt like it lulled during the fight scene, the end fight scene, but everything else I moments, really did yeah. enjoy in this moments. movie. I think you could have shaved off like 15 minutes. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt that. I wouldn't, I because wouldn't take that away from I, you. I definitely felt like before all the twists came in, I, f- I really did think this movie's long. Sure. And then the twist started to kind of unravel. You know what? During the fight scene, that's when I thought to myself, this, this movie is kind of the- like, ugh. It was after the fight scene had concluded when the secret society got revealed where I'm just like, fuck, this is, there's still stuff happening. Uh, yeah, that, that was, <laughs> I, I thought it was going to wrap up. I was up. looking forward to no, see where it was I did too, go. without a doubt, but I, I, it, it could have wrapped up. I understand your criticism entirely because yeah. I agree with it. It didn't, I don't think it bothered me as much as it bothered you, but I did notice it and it was like, okay, this movie's still yeah. happening. No, for, for, for sure. Yeah. I can agree with that entirely. Um, but ultimately, I would say I like this movie. But if I had to rate them, it would somewhere it would have to be in last place between Unbreakable and Split. Well, I wanted personally. to give my opinion on what was it again? Uh, rent by pass. Rent, uh, uh, skip it, rent it, buy it. Yeah. So in order, Unbreakable, buy, Split, rent, Wrong. class, pass, skip it. Yeah. Damn. Really? Yeah. I, I would probably agree with that. I think Unbreakable is more the buy. 
Split is a great modern day thriller slash horror slightly type film with a good story. Good little twist at the end as well. Great characters for sure. Uh, especially from James McAvoy for yep. sure. Anya Taylor-Joy does a great job as well. I think every every actor in that movie is great. Um, but I think this is the weaker of the three, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. I enjoyed it very much. From beginning to end, I enjoyed it. And I think it's necessary. It was a necessary ending. But I would have been fine without it ever being a thing also. I would have been fine with just letting Split the end the way it was, knowing that they were connected, and it never being referenced ever again. I think I could have lived with that too, honestly. Yeah. Having yeah. said that, though, I think I enjoyed... All, all three of these movies feel very different. Yo, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. And different I enjoyed movies. each one yeah. of them Extre- for what they are. The only diff- the only similarities there are is that there are some uh, returning characters and that you have James McAvoy uh, doing his personalities again to a great level. That's not to say yeah. anything against his, a- his acting abilities, acting abilities, pardon me. I'm just saying, you know, otherwise these movies are extremely different. I completely it's agree some- with you. I got to say, it's something of a, of a of a accomplishment to have three movies set in the same universe that all feel very different but at the same time fit in the same universe yeah, yeah. very true yeah. But, but which may lead to why maybe this movie is a weak link out of the three again this is my opinion i feel like it is the weaker link um Again, ultimately unnecessary, but I do like how we expanded the universe in the sense that there is this society we never saw coming at all. Mm-hmm. I liked that a lot. Um, I, I I want more from it, but as of now, people I, I looked it up and um, people are saying that M, M Night Shyamalan has no intention of, of returning to this universe at all. I would be, but happy he's with not. That. But he's not saying no. I mean, he I, just has I no think, intention right now. I think this would be a good place to end it. Yeah. It, while it, it was it was a cinematic universe that nobody knew we wanted until yeah. until it was revealed that Split was no connected to Unbreakable. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, yeah. I think Who this knows is a good way to wrap it up. It, right, exactly. Like, like, did he know when he was writing Split? Oh my God, I can make this happen. Or did he have this in his back pocket for decades? I don't know, but I think he he nailed it. Oh yeah, I would agree in the sense that again, this is a modern superhero movie that is believable. And it's not just the same old bubble gun that we get from Marvel and DC. Yeah. No matter how how dark DC tries to get, in the end, I think M Night Shyamalan did Unbreakable better than any DC movie has ever that's ever been made. Well, get fucked, DC. Hold back one. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Dark Knight trilogy is pretty good too, though. I got to say that's not that the much. DCEU. That doesn't count. We don't talk about. Yeah, that. fair enough. That, that's a good <laughs> we point. don't talk about it, but we acknowledge. <laughs> we acknowledge that it was great. But, Do we have mm. any plans for next episode? Anything specific? I really want to see Lego Movie, but that's not until like February, right? Dang, is that? And we also have Lolita Battle Angel. That's uh, on, infant, on uh, Valentine's Day, right? What is it? What does come out next week? We should really should have thought of this. We'll work it out. Well, we'll anyway, either way, there's going to be a next, another episode next Monday. Every Monday we we air an episode Monday mornings. So I mean, yeah, that's to be said. Any other thing uh, left to say for this episode, though, guys? If you like M Night Shyamalan, all three of these movies are great. Watch them. And if you don't, you probably like these movies anyway. Yeah, because they're different from his other movies, especially his more contemporary films, if you will. These are different movies. For I think sure. you need to be a, to like this one. I think you need to be a fan of M Night Shyamalan. Maybe yeah. a little bit. I think it's a good movie. I think in Split's and of itself. a good standalone. Unbreakable's a good standalone. I but agree. To like that. this one, you need to like his movies. Exactly. Not uh, you. You make a fair point there, sir. All right. Well, yeah. Again, if you ever have any questions or topics you want us to bring up in future episodes, let us know at SD Geek Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can also email us if you want to be a sponsor for the show and you want us to shout you out in episodes or also on 
our social media. You can email us at sdgeekpod at gmail.com. Peter, take us away, good sir. So I lost what I wrote down. <laughs> okay. I don't remember what happened to it. Off the cuff, baby. Talk uh, to us. Slightly turmoil geek. That'll about nice. do it. We'll see Bye you next guys. time. Peace. Later. Check, check, check. Check, check, check. Check your booty. Ha, 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 ha.